Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We got one of my favorites on the show tonight, Dan Cummins, who hosts Time Suck. It's one of the top 60 podcasts in the world, maybe 50. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. It, it is the most intricate, most explicit hilarious amazing podcast that I, I don't miss every single week it comes out he was in raleigh north carolina over the weekend so uh d'anthony d'anthony and i shot up there to interview him and he doesn't disappoint man dude brings the thunder great fucking show great fucking dude and uh super stoked that he he was able to carve some time out for us before we get to dan we got some sponsors Put this whole shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. They're our chief sponsor for the next year. Why? Uh, Because they hit us up and they said, look, we know 80% of your listeners are military and first responder. We want to do something special for them. We're giving them 15% off all mattresses, all pillows, all sheets, everything on our site forever. It's, it's a permanent dis- discount. All you have to do is go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Boom. Click it in. You're good to go. Not only are they the finest mattresses on the planet, they just ship them to your house. No assembly. Drag it up to the room. Boom. Pop it open. It's ready to go three hours later. And uh, you're going to have some of the best night's sleep of your life. Uh, and 15% off, man, is, is a big, big savings uh, when you're when you're looking at a mattress and new pillows and whatnot, uh, shout out to Ghostbed for doing that. Shout out to to them being our chief sponsor of the year. If you're a regular civilian like myself, they're always doing fucking awesome deals. Hundred dollars off a, a classic mattress, two hundred dollars off the Ghost Lux mattress, and they've got that adjustable base bundle package. It's like a Craftmatic, USB ports, flashlights, the whole shit. You name it, it's in it. Uh, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today and get on it. Uh, get on them deals, dude. 36 months. No interest pay as you go program. You can't fucking beat that in this life. Uh, next up, we got boxofawesome.com. Love boxofawesome.com. They're in it, man. They're, they're going to they're gonna stay with us for the rest of the year. Boxofawesome.com. Products for dudes. Their slogan is for dudes who give a damn. And it's true, man. All their boxes are uh, handcrafted and perfectly made for dudes. Um, They got fucking barbecue sets. They got uh, drinking sets, man. They got all kinds of uh, shit to make yourself a nice bar. Uh, They got uh, the the dop kits. They got the shoulder bags, man. I've uh, Look, I've got, I think, three things from them. And they're the fucking best, man. Uh, Highest quality shit. Uh, on the market these days, and uh, they make the box for you. So you go on there, you answer questions about who you are as a dude in this life. Maybe you're a meat dude. Maybe you're into that. Uh, you're going to get some cooking equipment. They got uh, some cast iron skillets there. So every month is something different. It's all under 50 bucks, man. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for 20% off at boxofawesome.com. Go there today, man. I got the dop kit, and I got the, uh, the, the travel bag. It's the best in the business. Uh, Love those guys, man. Next up, get your boners on. 
interrupt this podcast to give you a very special announcement about boners. Okay, cool. I'll talk about dicks, boners, soft dicks. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Look, I'm guilty of it myself. I try to pick up an entire mountain on my own. No bigs. Got a little hurt. Didn't see the doctor. But the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Treat your boner. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. Ooh, dick doctors. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can stay in the closet. Shh. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash Bros. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved erectile dysfunction meds delivered right to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Come on, little guy. What are you waiting for? Guys, go online, get checked out by a doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy, so take care of it. Yep, we're still talking about hard dicks. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash DrinkingBros. That's GetRoman.com slash DrinkingBros for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash DrinkingBros to help your boner. I'm gonna shoot! I'm gonna shoot! I'm gonna shoot! Ladies and gentlemen, here is Dan Cummins. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina at a double tree. Yeah. Um, I would say this is a junior suite, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's I don't I guess so. It's yeah. not some some special like rewards member floor. It's mm. for juniors, I think. I mean, that's a good juniors. view of the top of a building. I see. Out yeah, there, so beautiful, beautiful yeah. view here in, in downtown parking lot Raleigh. Below. We're with with one of our favorites, uh, Dan Cummins from the Time Suck. Uh, that's thank you. I, it's my favorite podcast on the planet. Oh, man, We've had so a nice. lot of requests for you to be on the show. Oh, that's nice. And uh, man, I it is the it's one of the most crazy intricate shows i've ever heard and when i hear it like it's so good that i'm like fuck this must have taken hours to write just one show to do one of these things it, it takes a lot a lot of time to prep now there's like this weird mythology and so many running jokes and like characters inside of it too that it's um yeah i definitely have to think about it and uh it, it's funny like and most people do realize that it takes a lot of time yeah because every once in a while you'll get the uh the itunes reviewer or something who'll be like oh dude reads the wikipedia thing fucking whatever uh, I, and I want to find them and kill them. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, if only, if only I would just read Wikipedia. It's got to be the dream to go like the last scenes of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. they're just traveling with the money they made and beating people's asses yeah. for talking shit on yeah. the internet. Oh, my God. That would be the dream. Because it, it, hurts, it hurts my soul listening to it, knowing how many hours you probably spent on that one episode. Yeah. And, but each episode feels so uniquely special. Oh, that's nice. It's, yeah, like, Bla- it's like Black Mirror for me where, where I'm like, oh, oh, I love Black Mirror. Where I'm like, fuck, all right, man, yeah. this, this was a lot of time and effort went into crafting this story yeah. and then out to the public. Right. But Black Mirror is on Netflix and they get paid a gajillion dollars. Yeah. You do not. Right, right. I mean, I do, I do think about that where, you know, there's, 
it's uh, you know history, true crime, all that stuff, and, and there's only you're only gonna do each subject one time. So I do feel pressure every week of like, okay, people have written in all the topics or listeners suggested. So somebody really wants to hear this subject, or a lot of people really want to hear this subject. And and if I get it wrong, then it just kind of I've ruined it for my catalog forever. Is what I think in my head. Yes. So I feel like a lot of pressure to like tell the story to the best of my ability every time, and uh, and that. <sighs> And it's you can get lost in these wormholes on the web, you know, like researching these things. And it took me a while to figure out like when to cut it off and be yeah. like, okay, I'm not doing uh like, like Vietnam was a good uh, example. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing a 30 episode thing on Vietnam. I can't get all of it into two hours. Right. So you just have to learn like, okay, what is the most important part? What's the good overview? You know, what to touch on? And then that balance of seriousness and comedy. Some episodes are way harder than others on that. You know, like. Yes. Talking about like a child killer, you're like, like how the, the hell am the I going to Albert Fish? This Albert Fish. <laughs> yeah. So when you did the Albert <laughs> Fish episode, because uh, you and I were together, Dan, uh, Dan, we were, Dan, we were listening in the car, I believe. That's yeah. the most disturbing episode probably oh. so far. Oh, well, that's just. A, but but the way yeah. you added humor to the most disturbing episode, like I I was lost in it for like two hours. I forget yeah. we were we we were going to somewhere and. Uh, all of a sudden, it was like, dude, time's up. And we were at our destination. Yeah. You still had 20 minutes left, and I got, I got to hear the rest of this fucking shit. Oh, wow, shit. man. So we sat in the parking lot and listened to <laughs> I it. I think we were driving from my house to Black Rifle. I, oh, I, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's yeah. what it was. And um, we just got we got time sucked in, obviously. <laughs> you know what saved me on that? And it is a weird thing after doing the show for a while, is Albert Fish, because of the era he he did his dirty deeds in, you know, like back in the like 1920s and early 1930s, and the lingo they use... That in my head, I'm like, okay, now I have a comedy angle where just the language contrasted with the horrible things he was doing makes some dark comedy. And it's weird, but like Toy Box Killer, another episode, no more dark, really terrible person. But it's like once you get to that level, you can't really get more dark. But because that guy spoke in like a douchey way in his letters, so much harder just because of that to have comedy because that guy was just like, yeah, you fucking bitch, fucking take it. Yeah, fuck! I'm fucking you in your ass. You know, like just so. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. there was nothing like where Albert Fish was like, "Listen, doll, I'm a Hollywood producer, and I'm just trying to get some spankings from my from my boy here." And he said, "The latest European medical techniques." I mean, that's how they do it in Hollywood. Like, like he would say the weirdest shit. Where you're like, "Thank God, thank God," he said it in a weird way because because what he's talking about is fucking horrific. Yeah, that guy was uh, something. Oh, like he, he ate so he, much shit. Literally, he like wrote a letter to the. Parents of one of the victims kind oh of my God. bragging that he didn't rape her before oh, yeah. he turned her into soup. Yep. Yeah. Basically, like, holy shit. Yep. Dude. He, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he wrote a letter. Well, he really, he, he wanted, he was frustrated that the, uh, that the press was thinking it was somebody else. It was an ego thing. Or he's like, like, I think what he really wanted is like, no, 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 I did it. I did yeah, it. Yeah. But, but yeah, he was, um, it's weird how people rationalize stuff and he, Felt good about himself. He wanted to reassure the parents that, like, yes, listen, sure, I took your daughter. Yes, I, you know, brutally killed her. Yes, I ate parts of her body, and her ass was really tender, and it was fantastic. But just so you know, she died a virgin, so you're welcome. Yeah, like, seriously, that's the basic context of that. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I, like, they were going to write him back and be like, thank you, Albert. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I went to the web to <laughs> look it up, it. because some of these things sound so outrageous <laughs> that I didn't believe that they were real. Oh, and that I was episode, like, a lot of people didn't think it was real. No. no, dude, I, So I went back and looked, yeah, and I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, because I didn't know whether you added in things that were like, hey, man, this will spice it up just a tad. <laughs> right, right now. He didn't need but to I imagine you can't because your listeners will oh, be like, hey, oh, yeah. you're a fucking liar or you missed this year wrong or you missed this date wrong. Oh, they, they get after me if, if I mispronounce some fucked up Icelandic word that has 17 consonants in one vowel 
and and they're like, actually, it's pronounced Rohugadahugadahug, you know, and it's like, and I and you said Rohugadahu, you know, it's like, so I'm very like I do pronunciation, guys. I like recheck the dates, and now we have a little team. Uh, I have some good like kind of college kids and people around the country that'll do initial research on things, right? And it, and it's more and some people were like uh, when I started doing that they're like oh man I liked it when you were doing it I still do it but it's nice to have verification that I'm yeah. not the only one who found these dates right and then I have somebody else now full time who takes that stuff compiles it into a narrative kind of with with my instructions like I give them insight okay hey here's how it needs to be laid out. Then I go back over it, but it's all for quality. It's like, yes, that last part helps me time-wise a little bit. Sure. But really what it does is then when I'm delivering the information, I can do it with more confidence because it's not just me and a computer. It's like me and several other people who I think are intelligent all came to the same conclusion of, yep, Mm -hmm. that's how this story works. You also spent spend more of your time doing what your core competency is which is comedy right it gives me more time and to not, add the sauce like, to it yeah anybody can research yes you know what i mean yeah yeah that's a problem in business that we see all the time it's just like guys get caught up in the day-to-day bullshit I'm like hey yeah, go man. do what you do and hire somebody to do that bullshit and man. you guys are so we were talking about that before the show but that's what i'm trying to do now is i've reinvested all the money we've got from like patreon and different things into infrastructure based on that philosophy like i remember hearing a friend of mine that does this podcast in florida they were interviewing a youtuber who was just killing it and he just told them, he's like, hire people to do everything that isn't the thing that you do best. Yeah. That isn't, you know, like why people like you in the first place. So you can do more of what people love. And I totally believe that. And I'm trying it's to like, true. my wife is so good. Help me that way. She does like so many of our day to day things so I can be a comedy monkey and, yeah. just, and just spend my whole life researching weird stuff and adding weird, you know. I think we have the same yeah. wives, by the yeah. way. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, Jesse oh, does. That's huge. She, like, for a long time, did all of our audio editing. Wow. Sound editing for all, Since all these Since the shows. beginning, really. Yeah, she's she's still the, doing it now, now that we've started the new media company. Yeah. And uh, she, she does that. And then, obviously, she doesn't vote. Because uh, don't, we don't allow that in my house. Sure, sure. Um, Doesn't get to wear shoes. Yeah. It, well, like this, because the suffrage act. Like I don't. Right. It's just you're a denier. I'm a, den- suffrage. I'm a suffrage act. <laughs> the, the day that the day America died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, man. So she doesn't. She doesn't vote, obviously, and then drive. Like that's still a no no. <laughs> I get she does it. Yeah. Everything else in right. my life, or she gets the hand. Or yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets the she gets the back of she it. Back she of knows. It. She knows. Not where close, the veins fist. Are. You're not. Yeah. You're not abusive. Yeah. And she'll try to, like, if she wants to kind of challenge me, she'll do sure. it right after the gym where I've already maxed out. And she's like, he can't beat me that right. hard. And it's like, right. eh, I still got a little something left. But uh, no, but that, that's how all of this was able to work for seven shows oh, and man. all of this stuff. Supportive was, partner is yes. huge. Yeah. I've got yeah. two Boston Terriers. Yeah, that's all you have. <laughs> Which yeah, is yeah. why I'm dead. They handle the day to day. No, they just like <laughs> they really just sit around and suck each other's dicks all the time. Yeah, sounds like, like a great life. I will. Well, yeah, if you're a gay dog, for sure. <laughs> there's there's times, and you can you can back me up on this. There's times like when I look at somebody like yeah. like Danthony. We'll call him by his government name. Danthony, that's not real. But, um, there, there's times where I look at Danthony and I'll be like, man. Like the two of us, yeah, you know, yeah. We're married with kids. Did we just do this wrong, <laughs> dude? Because all he's doing is he's literally watching his dogs suck suck yeah, each other's yeah. dicks all day, and I'm like, fuck. I like, yeah, no, I know. I I love I love uh, yeah, love my wife, love my kids. But there's this guy when I was down in Santa Monica, Dayton, a buddy of mine, and similar lives. And he was uh, I was doing when I was at Playboy and stuff. I was doing you know uh, doing pretty well, I guess you know income wise or whatever. And so was he doing the sales job. And we would joke all the time, but just in front of our wives and kids, it's like, man, if we could just be gay. And be with each other <laughs> and fucking abandon our families and just not care about them ever again, we would have the greatest life. The greatest life the, of all time. Just great income, that's why, that's low why responsibilities. Middle aged gay men are so smug. 
Yeah. Because they They're know. winning. They, they know. know. They figured it out. They fucking Fuck beat the Matrix. It's called Dinks. Dual income, no children. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they just do whatever the fuck they want. And Paul oh, Dinklage does whatever he wants, too. He's also a dink. Yeah. Um, so both of them are, you know. Dude, my my uh, uh, roommate of mine from college, him and his uh, his partner, like the two of them, good good incomes. And these guys, they just, they fucking vacation all the time. And my wife was like, man, how are they doing that? I'm like, what do you mean, how are they doing that? Yeah. They're not spending $180,000 over the next 10 years to raise right, on children. Yeah. 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 And oh, yeah, they're not running them to fucking games and plays and all, oh my God, camps and so many activities. I will say this though, before kids, I, like, cause you wonder before yeah. kids, you're like, man, am I just an awful person or do I have compassion, whatever? And then after kids, I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. So I think for me, in my case personally, yeah, it saved me a little bit. I don't know if it you focused did. me more. It same, focused me more. Same, yeah. I've actually had like way more creative output since I had kids than before. Uh, well, I mean, misery is good for comedy, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that pressure to like you're like, oh my god, people are depending on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't take my free time for granted like I did before. Same, man. Yeah. And I because I because I. When I got divorced, when I was like, I don't know, 32 or whatever, it's funny, like uh, I'd fallen into like, you know, responsible and stuff. And it was interesting to see like who, who I would have been if I wouldn't have had kids before. Cause then I'd have my kids like every other week or, you know, whatever, like with my, and the, the weeks I didn't have my kids, I went immediately back to being 21 years old. I went to blackout drunk, yeah. waking up in some girls. I didn't even fucking know how I got there on the road somewhere, walking back to my hotel at eight in the morning, looking like uh, I've been fucking laying in a gutter for a day. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, oh, this, this is how I would have spent my time. You know, and, and, I, and I know myself well enough to know that if I hadn't have met somebody who was stable and everything, I would have kept it together, you know, my kids. But as soon as the kids weren't like around for their week, whatever, just utter debauchery. Yeah. Just I went right. I went immediately like I was like doing blow and whatever like that, like two weeks afterwards. I was like, dun, 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 this is the best <laughs> time ever. Fuck you, mom and dad. I don't <laughs> have responsibilities. <laughs> right, right. It's great. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. It's, it's out on iTunes, so if you want to buy that now, go to... And the name of the song? Uh, yeah. Isn't cocaine illegal? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he vapes <laughs> weed a lot. Uh, that's his jam all the time. Um, I want to go back to how we met, by yeah. the way, because this is a crazy story. I thought, speaking of greatest lives ever, I thought when I met you that you yeah. had the greatest life of all time, and I'm <laughs> sure, White. yeah, you've heard this ever. So I get sent there. I'm on a I'm on a book tour yeah. for my first book in 2015, and they were like, oh, it's you know, I wrote the first ever romance novel for dudes. <laughs> dudes and they were like, yeah, our publicist at uh, at, Simon and Schuster at, was like, you've got to go on. And at night she cries while, while he, he rides his steed. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so they were like, you've got to go on Playboy Radio and do this thing or whatever. And they were like, just warning you, there's nudity. And I was like, right. dude, you're talking to the king of both men and women nudity in shit. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I did not know going in that it yeah. was going to be that many. I mean, that much nudity. It yeah. was no, and I loved it. And it was huh? great. But uh, there was about twenty playmates, or <laughs> Would you? Were they like professional playmates, or were they? They were bunnies. Sometimes, yeah. The actual, it's funny. They had like a weird hierarchy, but um, they were. I mean, models, obviously, but rarely were they playmates. Like the playmates actually randomly would usually not come in and take their clothes off. They would be like these heralded guests gotcha. if they'd been a U.S. Playboy, like a playmate. But there's all those like you know. Playboy Brazil yeah, or Playboy yeah, yeah. whatever. And so most of the girls have been in several of those publications. Gotcha. So I, when I rolled in and, you know, you go into the makeup yeah. chair and all this shit, there's yeah. 20 naked girls. Yeah. You're surrounded uh, by. Retardedly hot. Every, yep. Everywhere around you. And yeah. I'm like, 
oh my god and then i came on and got to <laughs> to do your show and yeah we, i don't think we had met no not right yeah. when i walked on air yeah and so we i came on air and i was like fucking a and i'm looking around at all this shit and we, we it was a crazy fucking interview yeah, um, we yeah. went off the rails that day. Um, not that all of these things don't, but sure, uh, sure. Yeah, it was a crazy interview. You and I hit it off, and we ended yeah. up hanging out until you know they kicked us out of the building, or right? Whatever right. Afterwards. Yeah. And, but I never got to ask you. I was like, how was that every day working with twenty nude playmates who were just walking around all day long? Well, that was, and that was another good thing where if I hadn't have been in a relationship, like I was. Uh, engaged right after I, like I knew like Lindsay was, you know, like, like I loved her, my kids loved her. And so locked in with Lindsay before I started working there. And, you know, some people could be like, oh man, that sucks. You know, you could have the time of your life. I could have ruined my life easily. Easily. Where if, if I wouldn't have been in, in a relationship with somebody I really cared about, I would have went so far off the rails <laughs> at that place. And it would have gotten, and I would have gotten fired for sure. Cause they, cause they had like all of these rules actually, where it was, I mean, they were really, it's funny for like a, you know, you think like this playboy and these new women, yeah. this kind of that kind of lifestyle, very much like you are not to fraternize, you know, with, with these women. It's like afterwards, which I get looking back because we used a lot of the same models. And if I would have messed around with one model, they all would have known. Yep. And then it would have been like, oh, now she gets to be on the show more and favoritism. And it would have got real catty and it would have just made a huge nightmare for the people who booked them and all that. But what was um, what was weird about working there is, you know, you're you're with these women that they're naked all the time. And, and but you're also supposed to just you're not supposed to just gratuitously just talk about their bodies. They want you to talk about like what's going on, run the games and everything like this. We walk this weird line of being somewhat classy with this crazy circus. And then you have this in between, you know, afterwards you're getting makeup afterwards. And so they're still nude when they're hanging out, taking pictures afterwards. And after six months, I just started thinking, I'm like, I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Like, am, did I somehow become gay, like working here? Yeah. Because I got so desensitized. Yeah, you seemed like nothing was going on during that whole day. Dude. And I was like, yo, there is oh, yeah. 40 sets of tits looking at us. And you were like, oh, cool, man. Next topic. I got to go to this. And then I'm probably going to uh, Coffee Bean after this. And I was <laughs> like, you're still like, yeah. your titties had just numbed nope. you. First, first few weeks working there, just like, like, oh, my God, I hope I don't have to stand up at any point during this interview because I'm rock hard. Like, just yeah. a fucking boner for an hour. <laughs> just the entire show. Like, we, and then after a while, you're just like, uh, okay, sure, whatever. You know, get in. And what was funny is we would go to this Starbucks in that um, Empire Center. Yes. Uh, after, after taping every day. And you got weird where you got used to seeing nudity in this environment and you're completely desensitized to it in this space mm -hmm. with these women. I would walk to Starbucks 10 minutes after taping. I'm standing in line. Some random businesswoman with a blouse, maybe buttoned down one less than normal, would bend over. I'm trying to sneak a, a nip shot, and and if I could see like the bra, yeah, so so horny again. Really? So it's like it was this weird context where it's like here. I feel like I'm at the doctor's office. This is, and as soon as I leave, yeah. then it then it's uh, exciting again because everybody's covered up, and then right. it's just like the mystery is back. There was a thing. So Doug Stanhope had a bit about it years ago. It made me think of it there. One of his early CDs, he was talking about when guys go hang out in strip clubs all the time, and uh, and he would talk about himself, like you know, you've been there two days, you don't give a shit about any of these strippers, but then the cocktail waitress bends over to grab something off the floor, and you're like, hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. And, and it's like you know, and if you can see like a, like half a nip, yeah. it's the best nip you've seen all day. It is this weird. Um, I've always been a lingerie guy, and I and I just love I love like uh, well I got you know 
a little lady on my arm here, uh, Betty Page. Yeah, yeah. You got What made you get Betty Page on there? I, I just she's one of the sexiest. Uh, I just love that era. I love pinup. Like gotcha. uh, that's my and my wife's. I mean, my wife's cool that way. She's done like pinup shoots and stuff for me. So, it's, it's so that's awesome. what it's all about then. Yeah, between you and your wife, it's all about her having done pinup. Having her having exactly. She likes the pinup. Yeah, she likes the laundry. Just but, solved all your future <laughs> marital problems. Just in case any come up, you know that's the root cause. Oh yeah, yeah. Go back to yeah, yeah. yeah the the, the pinups uh, look. I mean, I just I just like the the tease a little bit. Like sure. like when it's all out there all the time, it just kind of I don't know. I just get jaded. But but if there's a hint of like oh you might see it you might not for me that's that's like it's I guess that's my kink. Mammals are predators, man. Yeah, why? Yeah, why do you think that is that we like because, that? Because uh, it's genetic programming. Like we have to be to 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 climb the food chain and stay at the top of the food chain. This is how it is. My genetic programming is amateur porn. Um, you like so, Forrest Whitaker too, though. Yeah, yeah, I love Forrest Whitaker and amateur porn. Those are my two faves in this life. So what if somebody <laughs> made a biopic where it's a guy playing Forrest Whitaker? Say my. Yep. And he's just watching amateur porn the whole time and it's about his journey finding and then watching amateur Couldn't porn. Couldn't get my money fast enough, Dan. Probably yeah. be at that premiere. Uh, gonna be realsies with you. Also, when Forrest is watching porn, is there two TVs so the other eye can see the same it's porn? Good question, yeah. Nah, some things will never And if get he answered. wears those three D glasses, does one of the eyes have to be off to the side of his head now? I don't know. It, 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 is he wearing the Hillary glasses that are the blue? The yeah, yeah. Uh, what does she have? Epilepsy? Yeah. yeah. Hillary does? Uh, yeah, Hillary. Huh. Yeah. Go go back and look right before that that nine eleven thing where she fell over on the ground. She's wearing those blue tinted glasses. The tint is what it prevents ep- epilepsy from the sun oh, wow. and everything. But yeah. yeah. Uh, every, like we, we had heard that behind the scenes on the, on the campaign train for a while. Yeah. And as soon as I saw those glasses, they were like, watch for the glasses. And I was like, oh, fuck. If it's super bright out, I should ha- be wearing those. Yeah, I have seen like weird. I, I just thought it was some weird fashion you choice. You thought it was like sexy. Like, hey, she's like Bono. <laughs> She's like a she's like a Bono. Exactly. Bono? You said Bono. Said Bono. I was, I was, gonna, say, I was Bono? gonna go with it. I was like, maybe yeah, some people call dead. Bono. <laughs> Let's call him Bono from now on. Bono. We should. No, but amateur porn is my fucking jam. Where it's like, <laughs> so why do you like amateur I really more don't want to let you bro. off the hook on this because I, like the element of like porn stars and all that other shit, right. like of the fakeness of it. Yep. I didn't grow up around in Georgia. Like I didn't. I didn't get to see that. Yeah, I didn't get to see the fake girls with huge fake tits. And yeah, all me shit. either. We saw like white trash girls and things like that, where you're like, "Oh, all right, cool." Yeah, um, and, like a buddy of mine still got a- attracted that look. Suicide girls, yes, love it. That, that's love what I'm it. About. There we go. Yeah, uh, and that's and and I think the the basis of something you were into as a child, yeah, probably carries over the rest of your oh, life. For sure, where you're just like, "All right, cool. That's what I'm. That's what I get down on." Yeah, yeah. So, no, I like, and that's one thing too. Like the amateur, I'm more amateur than the pro too, because because one thing also there's a little bit of a turnoff at Playboy, is you know you, you'd see these girls obviously off air, and they're not not bad people, whatever, but you'd see tendencies amongst that kind of girl, uh, and and a lot of them were so it's kind of their job, I guess, but so like narcissistic that way. Where we had like one girl in particular, the the Playboy cameraman would would take stills of them for the blog or for the web or social whatever like that afterwards. And they've just been being filmed. So they got video cameras on them. Yeah. Now there's a quick break in that. Now there's a professional photographer taking pictures of them. And the, uh, that photographer, Alex, would have to constantly ask these girls to put their cell phones down and stop taking pictures of themselves long enough for him to take a picture of them. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like so vapid and so obsessed with that. And, all, and, and, and uh, so afterwards, not a turn they, on they, they have you take the, the photographer has you take pictures with them and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'll give you my thing or whatever. Each girl, right? Uh, you know, you take a picture with like four or five girls. Sure. When, when you get off your show, sure. Each girl would stand there over your Instagram and say, "So you're tagging me, right?" 
You're going to attack right, me. And, and, right. and I was like, oh, fuck. So eventually I just gave my phone to these girls yeah. and they put their own thing in. And I was just like, all right, cool. And then I was off on my merry way and that was yeah. it. And I was like, all right, wow, what the fuck? They're Instagram wizards. And it was kind of sad too. You'd see these girls, like I was there long enough, you know, just like two years or whatever, where you'd see like a girl show up from the Midwest or whatever. And at first she would be, I, I thought she was, you know, gorgeous. I've always loved like the girl next door look. I don't like a lot of like work done. It's just not my preference. Same, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's I like some blemishes. I like scars. I like all that's just like real to me. Where do you want the scars to be? I like a face scar. Wow, like a, that's a new one. No one's ever said a face. I like hot. Really? Yeah. Like, the, so like a knife fight or like, like the, a dog? yeah the dude from Metal mm, Gear Solid. Ideally a knife fight. Like the straight lines. Oh yeah, that's that's, down that's hot. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yep. You, ever, you ever thought about scarring up your wife just to do it? Or asking <laughs> just, her? Just, would, you do, would you mind? <laughs> yeah, just don't wear your seatbelt. <laughs> if I could just... And you go you, through one windshield, that's it. you'll be fine. You'll be my dream and girl. And then you'll be my dream girl. Then oh, no work. No yeah. work done. You might have some you neck problems. Padding. You can wear padding on the rest you of your could, body. You could, you could wear, to prep you for the windshield impact, you could wear a neck brace, so no spinal damage. <laughs> But nothing on the face. Nothing on the face. She's got one of those uh, dog training ones, you know, like uh, what, what do they train those dogs with? Those uh, those canine unit dogs, you know, where they go oh, up the, and bite the big, the big uh, leather the big pillow arms and legs yeah, yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. You put that thing on her. Yeah. Canine yeah, trainer yeah, outfit. Yeah. Or a bomb suit. Bare head. Yeah, bare head. Bomb suit, exactly. Bomb suit, bare head. Yep. Yeah, you let her go Done. Jeremy Renner in that thing Yeah, uh, from uh, Hurt Locker. And then have yep. her shoot right through the window. Most accurate military movie of all time, by the way, The Hurt Locker. Really? Yes. No. That's the worst. Oh, it's it the worst. It's the biggest so, piece like, of shit of all oh, time. And they won an Oscar. Okay. No, it's not me that hates it. It's everybody Every single person in the, the military, military community hates that movie. EOD yeah. guys don't like go out and do secret operations in the middle of the city. Yeah, there's just no, the whole no, thing no accuracy. No, no, it's it's so dumb. They hate it. And, and the first time I met all these guys when I yeah. was doing Range 15, um, which we'll get to in a second, because here's how I found out you lost your job at Wayway Radio. Okay. It was from that movie. Uh, so we were talking about favorite mil- military movies. I said, hey, yeah. w- what am I writing towards or whatever? And I was like, probably like Hurt Locker, right? And all of them were like, fuck you, dude. It's the worst movie of all time. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. All right. What is, your, what is the favorite military movie? I don't know what the favorite one is. Uh, Saving Private Ryan's mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine huh. too. That's mine too. Uh, Apocalypse Now is probably a close yeah, second for me. I like that one too. Yeah, but so cutting back to this, yeah. the, the the next time I was supposed to see you, I was supposed to come on for Range Fifteen, which was the all military oh, okay. movie. Yep, yep. And they put us on. It was supposed to be me, Matt, and Jared uh, for I think Veterans Day or something. We were going to promote the movie. Yeah. And I get a call because I was supposed to go on the next week, and I get a call from one of your producers, and he said, uh, he goes, Chris. "Hey man." Um, so we got we to gotta push this interview. And I was like, all right, cool. What, what day do you want to do it? And he goes, actually, never. Uh, we just found out about an hour ago oh, yeah. that uh, we're shutting down. The radio, Playboy Radio is shutting down, and everybody's losing their jobs. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. And I go, does anybody know? And they were like, no, they're on air now. And I think you must have been on air during that. I guess, yeah. yeah. When did you find out, and how did that all happen? Well, it was a weird thing, because I had a contract. So I was contra- you know, contracted for the rest of the year, so they shut our show down. It was the weirdest thing. And then we didn't have anything to do, but I still had to show up. Like, we had to come and show up for a couple of years, and they were, they were having us prep for a possible new show. So I went there for weeks. This was 2016, right? Uh, this would have been Maybe. 2017, I think, yeah. or end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Okay. Yeah, 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 I, th- yeah. I think, or no, it might have been 2016. I yeah. can't remember. You, maybe you are right. Maybe it was yeah. beginning of 2016. 
Yeah, somewhere in there. But I can't uh, remember if I was 2015, 16, or 16, 17 when I was there. I was on 15 with Oh, you, you know yeah. what? You're right. You're right. It was yeah. 16. Man, time flies. Uh, but yeah, so 16. So so they just worked. They had me under contract. They had, they had Andrew under contract. And so uh, it would have been a legal problem to kind of just like, they would have had to just done like a buyout if they would have just let us go. Uh-huh. So they kind of were trying to stall and figure out like, how could we use them, make someone. And they ended up having us do another show that was so dumb. I can't. I literally can't remember what it was called. It was some weird sex show. Uh, where why, did, was, why didn't they just get into podcasts then? Oh, they they tried. They had the dumbest podcast model. They had their own podcast network. It used to be Playboy Radio when it was um, Sirius XM, right? Yep. And then they still called it Playboy Radio, even though they lost their Sirius XM contract. And um, they tried to have their own podcast network that was entirely behind their Playboy paywall. And nobody is fucking paying for Playboy to listen to people just talk. Like, yeah. it was a terrible, and they refused to even uh, do a thing where, like, okay, have, have it out on iTunes for a while, but then after 20 episodes, then you have to pay. So they wouldn't even do that. The whole thing would be behind the paywall. And, and so they just hemorrhaged That's money. That's really fucking stupid. Really stupid. The people running that place when I was there were so stupid. I got so frustrated uh, right after that show got canceled, and I swear I did this. There's pictures on my Instagram. I, um... I turned my desk and uh, this cubicle into a satanic altar. I went and got <laughs> candles and pentagrams and, and, and I built this whole elaborate thing. I got a bunch of creepy dolls and like blacked out the eyes. And I'm like, it was a big display. I got pictures of the executives that were working at Playboy and I crossed their eyes out and made them like white eyes. And I put knives through their pictures like on my fucking desk. No way. Like, please fire me. Please fire me. And then I was going to like, if, if anybody had this plan, if they were going to ask me to take it down, then I would say religious persecution. And, and, <laughs> and but it's like, but I made this whole like protest weird thing on my, and it stayed there for like eight, nine months. Stayed there until, until I left. That is fucking great. So yeah. after, after it, it, you're out of there. Yeah. What made you go, go into podcasts and all that other stuff? Cause uh, when I was first talking about how great your show was, um, time suck, he goes, Oh, Dan Common's the comedian. Oh, I didn't know yeah. you were a comedian. I've been watching. Oh, I just thought yeah. you were a professional radio host. Yeah, yeah. I you were so good for... at it. Oh, that's I was nice. like, oh, all right. Yeah. No, I've been watching your shit like your first Comedy Central presents. Oh, wow, man. Like, yeah, a long time. Forever, yeah. 10, 10, like, over you tell 10 years. this joke about how you want to get a tattoo all over your body of you, but slightly to the left. Right, and right. Stand outside of 3D movie theaters and ruin people's lives. Ruin people's lives. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> jokes ever because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all the timing. It was yes. just like the cadence that would lure people in. Yeah. The cadence of it. And uh, then I started seeing clips of you on yeah. your Instagram because. The same thing. After I get out of the show, I start following oh, you on Instagram and everything yeah. else. And I was like, oh, shit. He's a devastating stand-up comedian, Oh, man. that's nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I was getting frustrated with stand-up around the time I took Playboy where, you know, I'd had a manager, an agent that were, like, you know, fans. And, and I had a weird thing with Comedy Central where I did, like, a half hour. I did an hour with them. And then and then I learned the, like, the, the negatives of the business where it was a weird, like, time for me, like, back in, like, 2010, I guess. And it was, you know, right after my divorce, all this stuff. And I, and I had a special that I felt really good about. And actually, it, it got a bunch of like top 10 as far as like iTunes, best comedy of the year, but made a bunch of lists. So I'm like, okay, it's not just in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it went well and I uh, got good feedback, but it didn't rate to the number. It all came down to numbers. Comedy Central, uh, I didn't realize they were going to debut it at like midnight on Saturday on Memorial Day weekend. So it just felt like they just kind of fucking threw it away. Yeah. But it turns out that's what they did all their specials. And they wanted it to hold, you know, a, a two point 
fucking two or better, and it, and it did a 1.7, and based on that alone... 1.7 at midnight on a Saturday is pretty goddamn yeah, pretty good. Goddamn good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah but at shit. that time, I guess it was like whatever they didn't, you know, wasn't what they wanted, wasn't what their expectations were, and they told my manager, told me later, like, we'll never work with him again. Like, basically, like, he's dead here. And I was like, wow, okay. And ruthless, yeah, ruthless. And then, and then what was interesting is then the next for one point seven. The this past year, Travis Pastrana's deal in Vegas, yeah, yeah, was a three point three, right? Well, I will say this: wow. back in what two, that was the biggest cable event yeah, of the whole yeah, year. It was the numbers were bigger then, yeah, yeah because that, you didn't have any streaming back that's then. That's true, so, yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. But you're still up against you know SNL and shit like that. Like, right, right. That's a tough yeah. midnight on a Saturday, and it's tough to promote. Right. Hey, right. man, stay up till midnight on yeah. Saturday and yeah. watch this. Don't go out to the bars right. with all your right. friends. Stay home and watch a comedy special. Yep. And, ugh, yeah. And so that's that, brutal. And, and then what was weird is then, and then, and then unbeknownst to me, so I recorded, and it was like a low point. Then, so then I, I had a record deal with Warner Brothers, a five record deal, which is almost unheard of now. It's like an old school deal. Yeah. And that special was my second album. So I had three left with them. Did you use Shook Knight for an agent on that one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had no idea what a good deal was. I was yeah, looking back, it was, a t- it was a terrible deal. So that was, so, but, I, uh, but I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to keep doing stand-up, but then nobody wanted to do a special with me. So then my next album, which was like, hear this, I had to, I, uh, I didn't realize it. My manager actually told me that Warner Brothers, okay, they're not going to do a special, but they'll do an album recording. I didn't realize until years later she paid for it because they actually said, we're not doing anything. We're not putting any money into this guy. She paid for me to do just an album recording uh, saying that it was Warner Brothers so I wouldn't get, feel fucking bad. You're kidding. No. Who is this? Uh, this was Maggie Houlihan. Is she, are you still with her? No, I'm not. That's like another <laughs> thing. Um, she was great. I stayed with her for a long time after that, but it, but it just didn't work recently. And we're still friends, but it just didn't make sense business-wise. That's a crazy move, man. Crazy move. So, so we did this album, and then I... And then I just think, you know, I don't have a big, uh, they didn't promote it or anything, so it didn't really do well chart-wise, and I just think, well, okay, this is just kind of fade, and that's when I started getting into, like, producing on reality shows, and led to, like, you know, trying to get a job at Playboy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I had no idea that that album on Pandora, it was, I didn't even know there was comedy on Pandora, started to become, like, one of the most spun albums on there, and so, uh, with no idea, for, like, two years, I was building a fan base that I had no clue I was building, because I didn't know that there was royalties, anything. Somebody finally told me I, I uh, signed up for it, and I was like, "Holy shit! Wow, this is a good chunk of change." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I reached out to Pandora, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah like you're one of our most popular comics." And I was like, "No one fucking told me. Like, I had no idea." <laughs> and that led to me doing like an exclusive album with them that then became released later. This Chinese affection, and it led me doing like I still have a good relationship with them. But like, if not for Pandora, I don't even know if I would have kept doing stand up. If like, because I, I wasn't selling tickets. And, it, and I'm pretty pragmatic. And I'm like, okay, well, if people don't like it, I guess I won't keep doing it. Man, it's yeah. uh, it's a weird world comedy wise now because I feel like I feel like back in the day yeah. when we started, it was yeah. SNL. Right. If you don't get on SNL, you're fucked. Right, you know, right, if you right. Don't do specials on Comedy yep. Central, you're yep. fucked. Uh, now I feel like if you're not friends with Rogan, Joe Rogan, oh my god, you're fucked. <laughs> I know it's, it's just so like, different. There's a tree of Rogan now with all these comedians. Oh my god. And we're, look, we're friends with. Yeah, almost all of them, and it's great because all we knew all of these guys have been great for a long time. Yeah, and that's the way I feel about you. I know you've been great for a long time, but it's like, all right, when is this going to pop? And it used to be you had to be young and fucking up and coming. Right now, it seems like everybody comedically is yeah. in their forties or fifties right now. That is yeah. just like, hey, I have a theory, and I'm, I'm curious as to your opinion on this. I have a theory that 
because we're the last of the people who give a fuck about shit and can still be edgy. Oh, right. That like real edgy. The, the young yeah. guys coming up, they can't do it anymore. They, they're right. not allowed to talk like that. Otherwise, it's like, oh, man, we're millennials. We but can't people still want to hear it. Yes. Like yes. I run into people yes. in their late teens, early 20s that are fans of ours all the time. And they're like, man, thank God that yep. you guys are fucking just saying crazy bullshit without worrying about the repercussion at all. And just being honest. They just want to yeah. hear honesty. Because, yeah. like, you know that everybody. Is the, yeah, authenticity. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. No, I, I think there's there's some of that for sure. That Just like, you know, our generation just uh, wasn't brought up in that climate. So we're more comfortable with being authentic. Yeah. And I, I think another thing comes with guys getting into the business now, start marketing and start diversifying their kind of uh, – their craft immediately like yeah. like like they're doing they're worried about youtube they're worried about their numbers they're worried about getting their likes and all this dane cook did that dane he cook was, did that he, he was the it. first yeah but even him with like myspace and all that mm-hmm. it still wasn't the norm so like uh when i came up stand-up i didn't think about any of that i only focused on trying to be a good stand-up and that's not the norm now guys that i see now they're starting they spend maybe an hour uh, a day maybe on actual comedy the rest of the time they're spending on, you know, Snapchat and Instagram, yeah, like yeah. all that stuff, which, which yes, you can get really good at and it can be its own thing. But I hear from clubs all the time, there'll be people with huge Instagram followings, huge YouTube followings, and they do a live show and it is fucking terrible. Yeah. Because doing five minute videos of something interesting doesn't translate to holding a live audience's attention for an hour. Yeah. On just words, you know, and, and I think that's why some of the guys like stand up wise where, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years now and I've, I've put in, it's a like 10,000 hour thing. Yeah. I put in a lot of fucking hours. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Exactly. Yeah. In, in, into one very specific skill set. Yeah. That's, that's not, I, I don't know. We, we talk about it all the time, but you can't do comedy movies anymore. Like real com. When's the last oh, right. big comedy movie that you remember well, that I watched? I, 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 I don't hardly watch them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't exist but, and they're not out in theaters. Like seriously, right. when was the last huge comedy movie right. that did well at the box office. I don't know. Ooh, I, I would was it The Hangover? Was it one of The Hangovers all the way back? Bridesmaids, no. Bridesmaids oh, probably, yeah. which like, is basically one of The Hangover movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, 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 it's exactly. Hangover's 4. I mean, yeah. It's the same thing. Now everything has shifted over into the podcast world. And right. again, you have one of the biggest podcasts on the planet. Yeah, you're, you're top always, 50 you're right always now, hovering right? right around 60, 70 on the yeah, charts. Yeah, you know, it's been, it's, been, it's been growing. And what I like, it's, it's been growing where it's like, you know, I, I don't have Rogan. I don't have all this. What's not, it's, it's been pretty organic where it's just, you know, it's just um, word of mouth for the most part. And it seems like we get steady growth just every month. And, and the thing about so yours thankful. is there are stories and it's not yeah. topical. So people can go back and listen to yeah, those yeah, yeah. from day one and be like, all right, great. Right, um, right. And get into all these stories and all this other shit. Yeah. Uh, were you friends with Rogan or any of those guys on the come up? No, and, and I'm bad that way. And it's my own fault where um, I had a very weird comedy trajectory, which is uh, I'm, I'm friends with comic Chad Daniels. Him and I, very similar kind of comedy upbringings where usually comics started off in a scene, Chicago, Atlanta, Boston, New York, Philly, L.A., somewhere. And they came up with a class of comics. And then, you know, so like those guys know each other once they get yeah. bigger and they help each other and all like that. Dennis Leary's cousins with Conan O'Brien, but he also went to college with Mario Antone and fucking. Correct. Uh, what's oh, at Emerson, right? Emerson, yeah. 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 Like mm-hmm. with like three, uh, Stephen Wright was yeah, there. Yeah, Stephen Wright was there. Fucking, uh, the blonde oh guy. What's his fucking name that played the uncle on fucking Rescue Me? Uh, Lenny Clark. Uh, yeah. Lenny Clark oh, was yeah. There Lenny too. Clark, big yeah, like that whole yeah. group. Mm-hmm. That whole group was like together from the time they were 18 right. until right. whenever the fuck. Yeah. 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 CK spent a little bit of time yeah, in yeah. Boston yep. and yeah, even like Leno years ago. Yep. So it's, yeah. Um, mine was so different where I started off in Spokane, Washington when there was no scene. 
So I started off like there, nobody else came out of that scene, like literally no one. And, uh, and, and there really wasn't a scene. There was just a couple bar gigs and I just got really motivated. And then I happened to do, uh, uh, I was competent where I had a car. I was willing to drive headliners and I would just drive people to these David Tribble bar gigs that were all over the Northwest at the time. They're kind of notorious, like shithole gigs, but I took them and I just like, okay, it's stage time. And so really early on, I was like, quote unquote, working the road. Yeah. And that's where I developed all, I didn't develop on an open mic scene. I just developed in bar gigs in Montana and Oregon and Idaho and Washington. And then I did this Seattle comedy competition like a year in, got the attention of some guy who was working there. He brought me, David Crow, he brought me to some clubs in the Midwest. And so I just kind of went straight to the road and learned how to write and develop new material in the middle of paid sets. I was literally never part of an open mic scene. And so by the time I went to LA, I, I it was it sounds kind of weird, but it's like I didn't know how to network. I'd never ever done that. Yeah. And so I go down there. I have two kids. I by the time I went down there, I had a couple Comedy Central specials, but this, but also no one knew me. I didn't really have like any comedy colleagues. And so now I'm trying to go and do these like play the LA game and get stage time. And uh, <laughs> but the people I would kind of end up being able to talk to or whatever are people who be doing comedy like a year and we're like you know open mics. And so I'm like, well, I can't fucking pretend that I'm at the same space that these guys are in. Sure. And the guys who are more similarly established where I am came up with other people and just have no fucking idea who I am. And, it, and, I, and I was still working the road to pay bills. And so just early on, I just said, fuck it. I, I go, I'm not going to make it through friends. Like, yeah. I'm not going to make it through networking. And so I just focused on, like, the road. My path's going to be different. So I never hung out at the comedy store, never hung out at the Laugh Factory, never hung out at the improv. Like, I literally never did any of those things that almost all those guys do. And, and a lot of those guys, like the Rogan guy, like, that helped them a lot. Oh, yeah. They were funny, but they also hung out night after night. They became friends with these people, and then they get opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of my opportunities have ever come from, like, having a friend in a, in a position of power. Same, yeah. I, yeah. Me neither. Uh, I moved to L.A. by myself yeah. with a buddy from college, but he, w- he went into production. He didn't okay. care about yeah. acting or any of that yeah. other stuff. So very similar. So I, I get that. Of yeah, because you're like, from small-town Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I can't call my friends and be like, hey, man, can I get help with a gig or right. whatever it is? Well, and that's, like, what, that's what made me interested in you when you were a guest. And I noticed I've always gravitated towards entrepreneurs. Even before comedy, I liked uh, my dream before comedy. This is so fucking off the beat. Nothing to do with comedy. There was a bunch of little espresso stands in Spokane where I started. And, and that was what I actually wanted. I'm like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Have my own little coffee business. It's funny. I've heard you can make a lot of money in the coffee business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys with Black Rap, exactly. BlackRapCoffee.com. <laughs> Promo code DRINKINGBROS20 for 20% off. No, but uh, yeah. No, but that's what, like, I just, I liked how they were doing their own thing. Yeah. And doing that. And then when I met you, I've always, I've always gravitated towards, like, uh, I've been fascinated by people who have gone their own way. In music, I like it. You know, like the, the bands I've listened to, you know, like like, like back then. Like, like Kenya. Like, like yeah. Kenya, oh my God. Oh, He's Enya, big, I've read it on your I came Wikipedia down. page. It's came like a whole Enya. paragraph about Enya. Enya, yeah. And that, is, there, is there really? No. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, who wrote that on my Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> Going to now. So yeah. the show's over. Oh, right. yeah. But Elliot Smith and guys like from the Northwest who were like, you know, their own kind of singer-songwriters. Pre-OD Elliot Smith? Pre-OD, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. He's put out some albums since he died. Um <laughs> Like Tupac. Posthumous, like yeah. Tupac. Yeah, he's, he's but, still with us. But those guys, like like Elliot Smith, I like to think of where, yeah, a guy who's, uh, has a whole story with him. I've thought about doing a time suck on him and his death and everything. But like his music, going back like to the very first, it's fucking great. Yeah. But he was 
not physically attractive. He didn't have like, you know, like the right label. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, that's why he didn't get his stuff as radio friendly to me, whatever like that. But I love that he's just like, fuck it. This is my path. I just keep going. I just keep putting out great albums. And early on, I think I just kind of knew that that was going to be what I was going to like. I'm just going to like put out content. And I-, I hope that it fucking goes. But if it doesn't, as long as I can get enough people to listen to keep doing this, then I, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to just build it off of my, in my own way. And so yeah. when I meet people like you who are like, fuck the system. Uh, you don't want to do my fucking weird movie about FDR kicking ass in a wheelchair and killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fucking do it. Yeah, and you do I'll, it. I'll make it. Yeah, and it's good. I, and I, it's that's that's hard, man. You, I, you've chosen a very hard road. It's really hard. And like you know, recently because it's trying to get financing for comedies now. Oh yeah. Good luck. Um, Everything's based on the Chinese box office. So if it's not action or superhero, oh, they don't yeah. give a fuck anymore. They don't give a fuck. They have they have about like we we have something like I always forget about international stuff. We have something like uh, I don't know. 110 million people who go to movies actively throughout the year, mm-hmm. and they have about in the, 800, in the U.S. They, yeah, and they have about 800 million. Wait, that actively go to movies on a regular. 110 basis. million. Get compa- 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 there's 100, yeah, sure. There's 180 million adults in this country, and something like 110 million total people, including yeah. children, sure. go to movies once a year, something like that. And that's compared to 800 million in 800 China. Million yeah. in China. Yeah. So 75 percent of the box office is coming from overseas. It's yeah. not coming from America. So they really wow. don't give a shit about American audiences. That's why when all these uh, uh, people wow. get pissed off about Matt Damon starring in a movie about Asian culture, that's what the Chinese what people want. The Great Wall. He the was Great Wall. he was the white man though who did save China, and I think that's probably real. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably real. <laughs> no. He was also in Good Will Hunting, which is how Elliot Smith popped. Yes, yes. Say yes. Yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. Good reference. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, dude, because I I worked, the director I was, a, was uh, 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 loved Elliot Smith. I think the director Gus Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I worked. Uh, I was a bouncer at a bar that bands used to come and play at in college, and so we had to, you know, take them in and then clean up their dressing rooms afterwards, the green room, and all that shit. Yeah. Elliot Smith came in and played one. No night. way, man. Yeah, you got was, to see him. Yes. Uh, ah, well, here, here's man. the crazy story about it. So, um, I, I had a huge. Ohio State bar, right? Oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget people. you were a Buckeye. Yeah. Diehard Buckeye. And, oh, uh, God. Don't get him started with this. Don't bullshit. get me started. It's the biggest cult, be the biggest cult it is, in America. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a time suck on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, uh, so I, got, I, I was in charge of catering him around that night, right? Wow. Yeah. And he was not only a, an, like an absolute asshole, right? But he gets on stage. There's 1,500 kids who just got done with seeing Goodwill Hunting, you know? All they want to hear is the goddamn song from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. He gets up on stage and he goes, I'm not playing anything tonight from Goodwill Hunting. Oh, my God. So if you're here for that, you can go fuck yourselves. And okay. just like, all right. All right. Sweet. So we're going to hear the B-sides uh, tonight. Audience was pissed, all the other shit. Clean up his dressing room at the end of the night. And there was oh heroin needles all over. And so I knew. Yeah. I was like, there's no way this dude will make it. No. So when he OD'd, that was not shocking. But you, but you know what? how he died, actually. Oh, sorry. He, uh, no. He didn't OD. He uh, when he died, it was the craziest story. He finally got clean. He was clean for a few weeks before he died. And the story is they say they ruled it a suicide. Actually, I think they ruled it as uh, unknown. His girlfriend, longtime girlfriend was with him. He stabbed himself as the story goes. A lot of people think that she may have something to do with it. I have no idea. But he two stabs to the chest. He stabbed himself in the heart, but he had to like stab, take it out, push it back in again. Oh, God. And that and that's how he died. Died totally sober. And wow. then there's speculation that either she or somebody else may have killed him to try to make it look like a suicide. And there's speculation that um, he had a really fucked up childhood. Uh-huh. 
that he was running from, they think. You know, like That's a lot of the drug abuse was like possible molestation stuff and different things. There's a, I've read a bunch of articles on it over the years. And that maybe like when he got sober, it was too much to deal with. Like All the shit he'd been running from for all those years yeah. couldn't handle it. Now it's just, all there. Yeah. yeah. Nah, Let me ask you this. When you were a bouncer at that bar, did anybody ever get some girl's number that you were talking to and then come up later on the glass and ask you if you like <laughs> apples. How about them apples? <laughs> and then put the number <laughs> on the glass. Did that happen to you too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you get Goodwill hunting? That happened to Damn me. Damn it, dude. Yeah, I got, I got Goodwill hunting. Uh, you know I love Affleck though in real life. That's my... Yeah, you're a big Ben Affleck fan. So I post these things on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Free uh, Ben. Save Ben. Save Ben, yes, yeah. Save Ben. I want him to drink and do drugs again. That was my favorite Affleck. That was and when like, he was the most fun. That reminds oh. me of a, an old fucking Bill Hicks. I think it was on Arizona Bay. Oh, Bill, God, it's so good. Bill Hicks said, if you don't like drugs and alcohol, yep, I know, yeah. go into your record studio and throw all those records away because mm-hmm. everybody <laughs> that wrote every one of those songs, real high on drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I uh, love that so, argument of the good things that have come from drugs. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, dude. I could I could go on for days about it. But, oh yeah, I've had uh, a great yeah. But after bath salts yeah. in Florida for I mean yeah, when they were chewing people's faces off, that was yeah. my favorite period of, of life. Like, well, it taught me to not go to Florida. Yeah, and when every time I went to Florida, I expected to see it. When I didn't, I was pissed. It's kind of like going to see an alligator. Like I just wanted to see one alligator. Well, now you've got to go to one guy on bath salts, one real life zombie. Now you've got to go off. to Epcot Center, and they have one guy running around on bath salts all the time. Ooh. He makes about eighty five k a year though. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. So uh, like a performance full, piece. full bennies. If you're yeah, and if you're cleaning up shit in the streets of San Francisco, you make about one eighty five full bennies as well. Oof. The bathtub. The bath salts guy lived, by the way. The guy that got his face eaten off. No way. How fucking terrible is that? He, yeah, he, he put some, he put out he's a, half the man he used to be. He's half yeah, the yeah, yeah. Wait, he's you're ha- talking about the guy who got his face eaten? The guy who got his face eaten lived. So the guy who did it, I think, got out of jail no. earlier this year. And no. He, said, he And he said, like, I don't want to be known for that. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah, probably not. Guy. <laughs> like, I like that he has to state that. Well, hey, o- guys. OJ always says, I don't want to be known for stealing those t-shirts. I want to be known for brutally murdering my ex-wife <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and her boyfriend. I don't want to be known for going into a Vegas hotel room and getting my memorabilia back with a gun. I want to be known for the murders that I cause. Oh, my God. By the way, OJ, as of today, is yeah. on Twitter. Today, yes. Oh, just, no way. Just the OJ Twitter account. motherfucking Simpson. And it's, wait, wow. here's, here's the best wow. part about this. Is in this video he posts, he says, yeah. I got some things that I want to get even on. I was like, oh my God! You, OJ, you did that. You, you did got that. even about twenty five years ago. Yeah, you yeah. got even. You got even. Uh, you're good. Very now. graphic way. I feel yeah. like OJ's balls must be so huge. He wrote a book called "If I Did It." Right. So, dude, that's the craziest. We're, shit We're doing of a time like on OJ in a, in a, in a few weeks. Finally doing it because I want to have like you know a different Regan? angle, huh? Do you know Judith Regan? Huh? Okay, so th- th- she was the head of. Fuck, man, it might have been Penguin at the time. I oh wow, Penguin Publishing. Yeah, yeah, but she. Ended up doing uh, Regan Arts and a bunch of other things. She had a talk show on Fox. She's the one who did that interview the night before the book was supposed to come out. If yes. I did it, it was wow. great, great and then, interview. And it just so they buried okay. it. Fox buried it. They it's burned on YouTube all the now, books. Though, huh? Well, they, they it's just because OJ it. was talking in the first person. Yeah. he wasn't saying he wasn't he wasn't talking speculatively. He was, he was like, like saying like well, halfway through the interview yeah. he switches to first yes. person. Holy shit! He, said, he goes, look, man. I would have I would have come around the back because I knew that the back door lock was fucked up and I knew they were probably coming out the front. Like he goes, man, I she'd always ask me to fix the the lock on the back door and I just didn't. So I knew that you know I would probably have to come around. And you're just you're watching this interview and you were like, oh my god. And they spiked it for twelve years or whatever it was. This yeah. interview. Um. And 
Fox just aired it for the first time ever. And then they had a panel of people discuss it. It's the craziest shit of all time. And wow. like, I, I mean, me and my wife are just, I mean, staring at the TV like there's yeah. no way everybody's watched. And he just, he's literally telling how he committed the murders. Yeah. Oh, man. That's no. better. Have you that's done a better show on, have you done a time suck on, on him? No, I'm doing one in a few weeks. Okay. Because oh, I've watched the, the things come out, but, but I want to focus more on. Yes, like a lot of the, we'll go over the crime scene stuff for sure, but I don't want to spend the majority of time there because that's been done been so covered, much. Yeah. I just think like if you look at the totality of his life, what a, what an interesting story it is. It's yeah. like, where it's like people forget what gets lost is he really was one of the greatest running backs of all time. Top five, easily. Yeah, yep. he of was a time, yeah. fucking monster yep. running back. And then Naked Gun, those kind of movies, yeah. he was hilarious. Hilarious. He was He's great. Really good. I mean, I, I mean, and, and he was like such a America's like sweetheart. Like now, like people who uh, haven't grown up uh, knowing him from previous to the murders, I don't think really realize what a what a celebrity he was. Yeah, and, and how wholesome and 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 great his image was. You know, and and then the years afterwards get a little bit lost. I, I want to find out more about like. After he, you know, um, the the trial and the hype went down, and what was his life like? You know, when everybody thinks he did it. Well, he, he moved to Miami for a while, right? And right. Started hanging out with all these gangster rappers and doing drugs and shit all the time. Yeah, like I want to focus like like those weird yeah. little years. Yeah, and, what, and, and he was living in a gated community where he played golf all the time. Yeah, and, and like what then? If you're a neighbor. Right. What do the neighbors think? Exactly. Like, Dude, OJ is my neighbor. Yep. Knowing what you you're know. talking about, like in 1997. Oh yeah. 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 Those like, years where it's the trials just ended, and uh-huh. every percent yeah. everybody yep. knows he did it. Yeah. Yep. Like there's yep. no question. It's that's, just that's what I yeah. like. I'm I'm curious about that OJ. Yeah. Uh, and then the Vegas years, right before right. the robbery. Like, right. What's going through your mind? Like, are you are you at that point in your life thinking, all right, I got away with double murder? Yeah, I could easily just roll through with a gun, and I'm famous enough, and like I'm gonna get my memorabilia back, and everything's gonna be fine. Right? Like, what was his motivation there? He reminds me. Of, we did one on Casey Anthony that I found fascinating. Big, she's he's a big Anthony fan. Dude, she won't. She won't. You know, uh, move on. Well, do you know about the new movie she's uh, gonna be part of? No. no. There's going to be Toy Story Five. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> she's doing all the voices. Yeah. She's it's doing actually all the voices. Passion of the Christ too. <laughs> <laughs> she is doing it's some indie movie that I think is starting to film soon, but it's about uh, the time of her life, like during the trial, right afterwards. The way the press release was phrased, it sounds like she might be the one starring in it. I couldn't figure out if she's consulting or starring. I think she's starring in it, Whew. and I hope so. For yeah. the for the public out uh, backlash that will come if she does, it'll be amazing. Yeah, because they said that like there's erotic scenes. I'm like, no way. Is she gonna do a fucking sex scene in a movie about her daughter's death? And the movie is about her daughter's death. I'm like, bitch, fucking move on. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, here's why she can't. And I don't know if you covered this on your show or not, but like after the trial, she right. was out of money. Her yeah. parents disowned her. All that other shit. Right. Yeah. Um, I heard she was living with. Uh, we did cover this. You yeah. did. Uh, she went tell to the, the audience. Yeah. It was the the investigator the defense hired to kind of help with the trial. Who was the same investigator that was used on like a Scott Peterson case. Mm-hmm. Basically, oh, shit. basically a guy who specializes in trying getting dirt bags free. Yep. And um, this older guy, and based on her mo and stuff like that, it strongly felt to me like she's fucking this dude in exchange for him letting her quote unquote work for his private investigation company. Yeah. So he was just taking care, like a sugar daddy who was just taking care of her down in, uh, somewhere down in, near the Florida Keys, somewhere yeah. in the Miami area, something like that. Did you guys go over the part with uh, the Jose Baez where they Jose were fucking, Baez. the lawyer? 
No, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Her, so there was, there was her actual ass- defense attorney? There was an assistant who worked there, like a paralegal or something. Yeah. And it was, and she they- was fucking so... And this isn't like somewhere like slut shaming or whatever, but it's just like she's so manipulative. Yeah. She was fucking so many dudes around that time. Yeah. You yeah, know? to your point, we don't slut shame on this show because I love sluts. Oh, Slut, sluts, yeah, sluts are the great. Man, Dan yeah. in particular with Casey Anthony's way yeah. is a soft spot is... He wants to be killed by a girl, so that's the only people oh. he dates. Or I want to, like, if I'm going to be with someone forever, I want to yeah. have an abortion with them as a bonding experience. Just to bond over death? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. But I'm just true. saying, the most... Would uh, you would you, uh, would you you hook up with Casey Anthony? Fuck yeah, I would. Yeah, you, you, and she that's is real. She yeah. is physically attractive. Real, by the, way. My, the guy I work with, Joe, my, my sound guy, he's, yeah. he's just like, for sure. Yeah. T- she's like 10 out of 10 times. Oh, would, would well, not, she's not 10 out of 10. She's like a 6, but I would still fuck her. But he's saying 10 out of 10, 10 times, times he would. He's yeah. not saying that oh, she yeah, 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 yeah. Dan's sure, that yeah. dude. He wants, he wants that element the story? of like, I might be dead. Or, no, I don't or, care or would it be hot because knowing that like she could kill you? It would like, be you hot like that element. because I know if, if she gets pregnant, I'm only going to have to deal with it for maybe a couple of years. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to Drinking Bros. Um if you're wondering why the other hosts aren't on the show anymore, <laughs> it's lines like this, and when they own a major coffee corporation. Can you, ma- can you imagine uh, if? Can you imagine if she did have another kid and then something happened? That's she's like, like a shark. Sharks shed out young. forty kids and they eat like four or five of them. Yeah, and, and, I, and I will deal. say, going through that thing, there is not a doubt in my mind that she killed her own kid because her kid was fucking up her partying. Her, exactly. For sure, she wanted. There was some dudes. One of the guys she was fucking banging around would like didn't like the uh, the kid being around. Didn't yeah. want to have anything to do with the kid. I, and I honestly think she's so fucking selfish that so she could just hang out with just some random fucking douchebag party guy that she wants to be with. She kills her fucking kid. That's Whatever exactly happened what to thought. dropping babies off at a fucking fire department or putting them in a river and they turn out to be Moses? I mean, there's a ah, lot of options. There's a classier way to do baskets, it. Baskets, yeah. yeah, baskets on porches, things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, with a newspaper. Um, yeah, that is a weird thing. Yeah, why didn't she do that? I don't I, know. Well, I I think she, she thought drop the baby off the, somewhere. The parents would take care of it. She was living with the parents. Oh yeah, at, she at lived one at, point. And, well, and then she got so fucked up with the trial there. Her dad George, this this poor son of a bitch. Yeah, he got roped into that whole dude. He railroaded where yeah. it was a defense strategy to accuse the dad of molesting Casey. Yeah, and then he fucking went off about you know furious about the, as he should have been. I don't believe for a second that he did that with her. No, but what a piece of shit to to accuse your dad. Who you were living with after you were eighteen? That was paying for your fucking life. But I, I think uh, he was in on it. So like, all right, I think maybe helped with the cover up. Yes, and I think the defense got together and they said, "Look, man, you're gonna have to to eat this story. Fuck and that. This will get her off, and then we can get you the fuck out of here." Yeah, maybe it's not even. That, but they don't talk to her anymore, and I think that's that uh, was part oh, yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cut just off. Like, I mean, um, that's not even part of the. Uh, it's not about even my image at that point. It's like you killed your kid, dude. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to die. Right, yeah, I, right. But, but the stories that I heard from the paralegal afterwards were that uh, they would come in late at night, and uh, her and Jose Baez would be doing blow. She was naked, like they'd be fucking in the office and Jesus. things like that. And she was well, what else are you gonna do? She yeah. didn't have her a attorney's job. fees and everything else. I, look, I get it. My only disappointment with all of it was after she got acquitted. Yeah. Um, you know, because everybody was looking for where she was hiding now. Right, right. She was hiding out of Ohio State. Yeah. And I was like, Was she really? She's yeah, a yeah. true Buckeye. No you went if way. You go on Google. Well, she does have family in Ohio. Oh, is that? That's where she, uh, that's where she uh, lived before that, Florida. Well, I could, we couldn't figure it out. So, like, she was born in Ohio. When they finally got the first picture of her, she's yeah. wearing a fucking Buckeyes jersey yeah. in Columbus. And I'm like, God Her damn parents it, moved to Florida from Ohio. There's a whole, like, her, her dad's mm. kind of a fuck up, lost a bunch of businesses and stuff. But, uh, 
she was a pathological liar too. We're talking like the Rick thing earlier, like the the people like that just tell crazy lies. One of my favorite parts of learning her story was uh, she held on to this story that she worked for Disney. She was a uh, what do you call it, like event event planner, yeah, uh, like Epcot or one of the Disney things, <laughs> theme park. And she held on to this story for years, and uh, nobody really believed her. Her mom was like, I don't know. There were, there were like call bosses she supposedly had, and you know, and no one would answer her. They'd say like Casey who. And but she hold on. She held on to this with the uh, when they started investigating her for the murder, and it was part of some alibi. With she, you know, she worked here. She couldn't have done it, and she refused to tell them that she was making it up until they actually were like, okay, no one is corroborating this. So so you take us to Disney and take us to your office. <laughs> so she leads detectives to Disney and just wanders around like, oh, it's it's right over here, and just starts like making these meandering, like walking down random hallways. Uh, Somehow thinking, I guess, that they would eventually be like, all right, we don't have time for this. We trust you. And they finally were like, look, this is like the fifth fucking building we have been to. <laughs> Stop. Just tell us. And she's like, no, no, no. It's just around the... And then I guess she just stopped random. She goes, okay, you got me. I never did it. I never, I never, I never worked here. God, that's good. But just like she held it to the bitter end. Like she just held on to these lights. But that was a big thing with her too. Why I think she did it is uh, her whole life was like that. She would tell one guy she was fucking that she was working this job and she was doing this with her life and she was going to be moving here while she was also telling this other guy yeah. a whole different story. And she would tell her friends that she had jobs that she didn't have. Tell her friends that she just was hanging out with so-and-so the day before that wasn't, I mean, Literally constant lies. This is every girl that you've dated, I feel like. <laughs> Have you really dated like liars like oh, that? Oh, cr not, not crazy. That Last girl faked a pregnancy. No way. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's scary. <laughs> that, to to, to, to just, keep you? Well, yeah, there was <laughs> To keep you? Like she was like. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was during a point of like, hey, you got to get the fuck out of here. It's like, well, if we can. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not. Sorry. And she, she, she yep. showed up. She bought one of those rubber tummies. No, she, <laughs> no, she wasn't like Elaine Bennis. I didn't think of that for rest of development. development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. What's some episodes that you haven't done yet that, that are on your list of like, all right, cool. Have you gone Frank? We're huge Francophiles. Oh, and Frank? Yeah. That's How did he immediately know? know? By the way, there's new information out there. Information that she was bisexual. It's not new. And Frank? Like, she made some she comments. Yeah, though, right? exactly. That's what I was saying. She's yeah. so she, young. she made some comments about having a crush on a girl at some point, and this has been... I mean, oh, in those new letters? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And I, it's I, not I, new anymore. I've been it's to Frank House. You're 14. How is it? How is uh, the Frank House? Touristy. I mean, not... I mean, touristy, but, like, whatever. Very, uh, you know, they got guardrails, and they got, you know, uh, plaques and everything, and... How's the sound in there? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pat Oswalt. Could you Pat, do a podcast in there? Would, would you, people you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, would they, people know? Would they hear? Pat Oswalt does a great bit on the Anne Frank house. So he tells this story about how he walked in, but he didn't realize he had to pay. So he was then hiding from security guards. Oh, my God. In and Anne Frank's house. he put himself in a closet inside the Anne Frank house and started writing a diary about his experience about the whole thing. <laughs> I recommend going to YouTube and looking it up. It's super that is, funny. Uh, I was surprised you bits. haven't done Anne Frank. No, that's a good one. I, yeah, for whatever reason, I hadn't, hadn't thought that. Who, yeah, who it, are the biggest ones that everybody keeps pitching you? Of like, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this. Probably Randy the Macho Man Savage, I would <laughs> right. guess. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, well, like Amy White, I'm sure you get like Amy Whitehouse the celebrities. Oh, yeah, yeah like, we get like musicians. We, we haven't done it. Jim Morrison and uh, Hendrix. Um, Hendrix. Yeah, Hendrix. Do you watch those uh, last into... 24s? No, huh? Uh, so like, it's it's Reels Channel, which is like good luck yeah. finding it. Channel six oh nine. Oh yeah, you know, nine million or whatever the fuck things, it is. Yeah. But they go over the last twenty four hours of celebrities. Oh, cool. Lives. Yeah. And so, uh, like for you and your show, because you'd be able to destroy that that crew. 
that crack team, whoever puts that you know, cracker jack <laughs> no, show I, on I the did air. the Cobain. I got good feedback on that. I mean, Hendrix was one oh, I wanted to do. If you did Cobain, let me yeah. let me ask you this then: Do you think somebody else pulled the trigger? No, I think he did it. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, just I, based on where the gun. Why hold up that evidence then? Because it's been they won't release the. The There's like that in a lot of different cases. And I don't know enough about the inner workings of police agencies to know why sometimes they just don't, you know, uh, release certain you know, portions of the evidence. But why I think just kind of like motive and things is, you know, like when you read about his childhood, or, I mean, the guy was not psychologically healthy ever. He was a very, very angry dude. You know, it's like I love his music. He hated himself. He hated the world. He hated the music scene. He hated his fans. He fucking hated everything. Like he, he he loved making like you know music, but it came from a very angsty place the whole time. And then you add like you know hardcore drug abuse to that, you know, and heroin abuse. And I, the thing that I think is the kicker that made him want to like kill himself is he was suffering from chronic stomach pain for years before mm-hmm. his death that he went to doctors for. He couldn't figure it out and like really really bad stomach pain, you know, um, coughing up blood. Like really, I don't know if it's a bunch of ulcers. They never did figure out exactly what was going on. And he was, I, I think when you take somebody who's fragile, yep. he was always a very kind of fragile artistic person and uh, thought that, you know, people are out to kind of get him. He had, he had a very fucked up upbringing. His mom and dad were pieces of shit who were just not good parents in any sense of the fucking word. And, you know, and, and then you have somebody who's gotten a lot of fame really quickly and a lot of hangers on and everything. And again, you know, it's sensitive. And then the pain, I think just in a weak moment, he, he you know, he took himself out. And uh, maybe he's, I'm more I'm more surprised by like the um, Chris Cornell and, and other people like that. I'm like, what? Those ones caught me off guard. Yeah. Kurt Cobain's suicide was even at the time was not a shock when I was a kid. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised until I got into a, a, a fucking rabbit hole of those yeah. docs because there was like eight docs that came out after. Oh yeah, there there's were, Courtney like, Love and Courtney different people did it, mm-hmm. and then uh, the position of the gun, like the shotgun, the way it right. was on his chest. They were like, no, nah, that would never land like that. And like, I allowed myself to get caught up into there, it. It's been like, a while since I've done that one, but I remember when I looked at like the um, the articles and books and stuff and there was documentaries, yeah, from different people. I mean, a lot of those guys, when they have those conspiracies, they do, they do use a lot of that confirmation bias where they take a few isolated things that in the whole picture don't actually point towards someone. Do, but if you just take them by themselves and erase everything else, you can paint a decent picture of like, oh man, maybe. Yeah. But but when I really looked at all that stuff kind of critically, it didn't seem to to hold a lot of weight. Like 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 the conspiracy. It just it just sure. felt like people had. They wanted it to be true. They wanted Courtney to have done it. They wanted it to be this this romantic tryst where it's like there was some other like private investigator. That, they had all these other weird motives yeah. that never, when you really like dug in, didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Got it. What about yeah. uh, Tupac and Biggie? Tupac and Biggie, um, uh, that one, I mean, as, as far as like their deaths and stuff. Yeah, is that on your list? That's on the list. Yeah, I did one about uh, uh, both of them and about their parallel that was a fun one to do like a parallel lives and stuff yeah i mean that one is like god man that's that's such a it's been a while on that one too and i do think there was motivation there on behalf of one of the labels there was there was definitely some financial motivation that one and then also there was you know that's just a whole nother culture where you have like i mean you're fucking with like actual gang members yeah Yeah. and, and, and kind of like dipping your toes in that world 
these are people who don't give a fuck that you're famous. These are people who kill people casually uh, over like minor beefs yeah. and over things. And I think sometimes those guys, when they get in that celebrity world, they start thinking they're above it somehow, and that like they're they're too big to be taken down. Tupac actually, I think, kind of kind of knew that he wouldn't live a long life. Yeah, he seemed to. Uh, yeah, that, you could hear that in his messaging. But homeboy that died recently, he got a little too involved. Uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. The guy that just got killed, like. Several months ago. So when you say homeboy, Dan, really want to say uh, that you couldn't be any more vague than homeboy. The guy who got shot in a fucking parking lot recently. Oh, Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a, a yeah. gang beef. He, it seemed right? like he got involved in some shit that he had no business being involved in anymore at yeah. his level now. Yeah. Well, the, rumor, he, the, 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 the story that I heard, the rumor that I heard was because the guy came back. So he was there earlier and then came yeah. back and this woman drove him back. You're talking about the shooter. Y- yes. Okay. And he had said something to him at the store. Right. And, uh, Nipsey hustled to the effects that something like, hey, man, you went to jail or sent somebody else to jail because yeah. you were a snitch. Like, don't come back to this fucking bullshit. Like, the streets know you're a snitch. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then he came back later and killed him for what he had said to him. But I think that conversation will stay buried forever. Nobody right. really knows yeah. that. But uh, on the Tupac sitch... Yeah, I'm flashing on that one now with the Tupac. Have you seen, have you seen so on the, the Tupac the video. sitch, um, I, did, I worked with a comedian named Eddie Griffin. Um, oh, yeah. Who Eddie's... Out of Kansas City. Going off the fucking deep end these days. But um, Yeah. Uh, he was huge at one point. Yeah. Huge. And, um, and he was... With those guys all the time during the Tupac Dre era, right? Remember when they used to do those shitty sketches in between rap songs? Oh yeah, like yeah, those little interludes. Yeah, uh-huh. you'd always kind of fast forward through it, and you're like, God damn it, yep. man! I don't, I don't want to hear this shitty joke. Yep. Just yep. play the song. They yep. don't do it anymore. But he was one of those guys who was in the studio with him all the time, and so they would just be like, Hey, man, come and record this or do sure, a sketch sure. or whatever. So he spent a lot of time with them, and he said. With Tupac, and this was, you know, he, his buddy and all that shit. Yeah. He said with Tupac, he said that uh, he knew Death Row and Suge and all those guys. He knew it was dangerous. Yeah. He knew Dr. Dre and those guys were getting the fuck out of there. Right. Um, and he goes, uh, I guess Suge Knight is like, look, you can get the fuck out of here, but you owe me six more albums on this contract. And he goes, great. I'm going to record those all now. And so the reason why you got so many albums you know, wow. after his death was, they said, dude, that motherfucker was in the studio every single night. He was recording over and over and over again. And, he, and wow. as soon as he had enough content for six albums, he was like, I'm That's fucking nuts. gone. Um, and then, you know, he didn't. Yeah. Then he, he got capped. But like, well, and there was also that weird. It's on YouTube. I'm pretty sure there's that weird. Uh, it was at Vegas. Shortly before he died, there's security camera footage of a fight he got in with. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the after the Mike Tyson fight. Yeah, 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 and the guy he got in a beef with or fight with like that was a, I can't remember if it was Blood or Crip, but yeah. what, what was in one of those yep. and was like a long time, you know, big wig fucking gangbanger. Yeah. And I mean, it, so it could have been for sure like a Suge Knight thing, or it could have been as simple. I feel like with conspiracies, there's this, um, what is it called? Occam's Razor. Occam's Razor, the simplest answer is probably the right one. Right, right, exactly. Yep, yeah. the simplest. And a lot of times we want to make it like a movie. We want to make it this intricate web of people in powerful positions and doing things. When sadly, it can be just as simple as you fucking hit the wrong guy in the lobby of a hotel, yep. and his friends aren't going to yep. allow him to be disrespected, and so they're going to fucking kill you. And that's it. And it's like, it's not this big, romantic, long, convoluted story. It's just like, you know, you shouldn't have fucking got into it with that dude. He doesn't give a fuck that you're a hip-hop star. Yeah. You are some dude who disrespected him publicly, and he fucking kills people for doing that. Yeah. 
I, I got in. I get caught in a conspiracy that I thought was a total conspiracy. That Vegas shooting. Oh, I thought it was Caitlyn Jenner. No, no, it's not. It's definitely not a conspiracy. You thought Caitlyn Jenner killed those people in Vegas? I did. Yeah, I killed Tupac. Well, I was fucking Joe. He's so stone cold. You'll never yeah. know. That was awesome. No, the Vegas shooting, man. I thought. <laughs> I thought for sure that was like a government fucking. Conspiracy or, no, or like a gun oh, you deal really did the, the music festival, the hundred percent. Because so many people fucking. I just didn't believe that there was. Why not release the footage yeah. to the American public? And I look, Vegas I is like London; it's the most spied-on place. On yes, there, it's, now, there's yeah. cameras everywhere. So, like, just drop the footage and let me know that this motherfucker brought the guns in. Or did something. you think crisis actors? Did you think all that? Like, no, no, no. I didn't go. I, I never go that far. Oh, right? okay, okay. I just, I just went. For the fact of like, how could a guy bring up fifty guns in Vegas? So do you think you he... don't have cameras on or whatever? No, no, no. I'll, like, because I was wrong for the. So audience. you accepted that people died initially. You just thought that somebody else was behind it. Correct. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, yeah. and I thought because it was right around like Trump got in there, and I thought yeah. they were trying to pass like you know some gun laws like okay. the other side like right. Uh, you know, I went down that road, and I went down the road of um, you know maybe a gun deal had gone bad because you know they'd said right. oh, all those Saudi guys had come in and, and and rented out that one floor of a hotel, yeah, uh, and they were all there at the same time and all this other shit. I refuse to believe that a sixty-seven-year-old dude, white dude, yeah, who had no military training, could shoot that type of weaponry, and uh, and then you shot that down really quick. Yeah, yeah I mean, he was it a gun aficionado. It wouldn't. I mean, he he had basically ARs with bump stocks on them and drug yeah. magazines. It's like the the area that, let's see. It was shoot, the Mandalay shoot Bay. into a big crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the so the area range of an area target on a weapon like that, I think is like 800 meters or something. Wow. So and he was way closer than that. Yeah. So, yeah, so once I talked to him, I had kind of just left it alone. I was like, all right, maybe I'm wrong on this. Right. We were actually in Vegas driving by the Mandalay Bay. I think we were going to the Stanley Cup Finals or... Um, yeah, for it Vegas. It was in October, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. No, it was for the uh, for the McGregor fight. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, and yeah. so we were driving by, and, and, and I go, oh, man, that's where the conspiracy happened, like yeah. joking around, and he goes, that motherfucker did it. And then shortly after that, yeah. you know, those videos came out, and I was like, why wait that long to show the I don't the know why they did this? that. I really don't. Yeah. Like, you, you just allow people to fucking get wild. When you don't put out the evidence, which is right. why I don't understand why they didn't put out the evidence from these other cases back in the day. Yeah, like the Cobain case, yeah. it, same thing. Where it's still sealed, and it's it's it. They're not allowed to open it till twenty twenty whatever. Right. Same with the Kennedy files, JFK. Sure. And then Trump just released some of those. Yeah. And um, I wonder if some of that is just okay, like like procedural. Where you know, like there's so many things I don't understand about like the government. Like, why do I have to fucking have this form notarized and initialed in these exact places, or you will send it back to me to get yeah. like a, a simple thing done? Like, there's all this like red tape procedural things. I think sometimes in these cases, it's. The people working in the positions that could release information don't give a shit what people on YouTube say. Don't care at all. Right. Don't care about public conspiracy kind of thinking at all. They're just like, these are the rules. You know, whatever fucking ordinance 73-64DF was passed in 1992 yeah. by fucking dickhead McGee. And to this day, we have to wait six years for like it's doesn't it doesn't make sense. No. But so many things don't. With with the government, there's so many laws that are still in the books. It's just so much bureaucratic nonsense. I think that's behind a lot of these. And I'm not opposed to conspiracies being right. I'm not. I'm not opposed to. Um, Is there any ones you believe in? You know, the, it's funny. The JFK assassination. 
I'm open to something. And, I, and I'll say, like, I, maybe he could have made those shots. Nope. I don't know. Well, but, he definitely, it was, it was about 90 feet. It wasn't very far. Right. Uh, 90 meters, I'm sorry. That's, like, the closest target at a fucking, at a qualification range. But... But the way the impact was, With the, the weapon, hit, yeah. the impact, and stuff like that. I, I don't think. I think he was the only shooter, honestly. But you, I think, you do think he was the only. But shooter. there was definitely a bigger conspiracy going on. Well, in, in, I think it was. Well, Evan thinks it was George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. Excuse me. The, yeah, or the CIA. Senior. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Well, you know what? Like the, some of the CIA stuff. Here's my logic uh, on believing they could at least be capable of that, because what the Truman Act's 1947. You know, they they established the CIA and some of these other agencies, and the CIA when it was established. It was established because of Cold War thinking, and it was given autonomy to create missions without White House approval so what the White yeah. House could have um, plausible deniability and not get their hands dirty. And it was to, you know, not supposed to be domestic. It was supposed to be internationally plan and execute missions that could include assassinations to prevent the spread of the Red Scare, to prevent communism. Yeah. So you have created an agency that gets to plan out uh, missions, uh, you know, like that are— you know, technically illegal or whatever you want to call it, like taking mm. down other government, you know, people, or at least a illegal by like, you know, certain like Geneva, UN yeah, type yeah. things. They're, they're doing things that aren't quite kosher. And then you get a president who is not into the escalation of troops in Vietnam. And then that goes to that military and industrial complex. Eisenhower was talking about. And he, there's a quote where he wanted to shadow the CIA. JFK was not a fan of the CIA. He didn't like how much power it had. Mm. He wanted to, you know, take away a lot of their power. And I just think human nature, you have an agency that's like, this guy wants to fucking end us. And if you think about it from their logic point of view, JFK was kind of, he was more communist friendly than certain other leaders could be. The Cold, the Cold War, like that Red Scare was very real. They were very concerned, and I think legitimately in some senses, that communism could spread to our doorstep. And so they could have morally justified getting him out and getting somebody else in who's going to take a harder stance against the spread of communism in the interest of national security. I yeah. can see how you could convince yourself that, and maybe not wrong. Yeah, when I, when I look back, because I, I was one of the first people, when that dump went, recently from trump for yeah. the jfk files like i i stayed up and, and read it i was yeah i i mince all that shit i love conspiracy conspiracies yeah. there i also don't mind admitting if i'm wrong or if my right. conspiracy was wrong right with, with, with like the big shooting thing as soon as that came out and as soon as i talked yeah. to you it was like i went on air and i was just like hey man that, nah, i got that one wrong yeah. and i'm sorry i was fucked up right but, uh with the jfk thing when i read those files um because they and they still left in some redactions here and there or whatever one of the biggest things that I read that I was really surprised about, because you don't want to believe that it's your own government doing this sure, shit, was sure. that they were planning, our own government was planning on doing bombings in Florida uh, to make it look like Cubans had done it. Oh, yeah. So that it was creating communist scare tactics of like, yeah. they're coming here. What was that agenda? On, they're there was on a U.S. soil. Project, what was that project where they, it, it only got tossed around as a theory. People think it went farther than it did. Maybe X-ray. Uh, there was some project where it was, the they were just a think tank basically was saying like what if we uh, attacked our own people domestically but that made it look like it was the Cubans or whoever to justify a uh, to get the public support behind a military attack on that country and and as far as I know if I can recall it was just a think tank like hey we're fucking spitballing. No, no, that's, no big deal, right? We, and the, <laughs> right, right. And the but, government would call that red cell training. So red you cell? do that. You you actually. Uh, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but um, some of the best and brightest from various organizations, yeah. domestic and 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 uh, external, will get in a room together and try to make plans that will defeat certain things. Right, right. Um, 
the point is never to carry him out, obviously. Right. It's just but, yeah, you're running hypotheticals. But, I mean, I, I think did. I you, think I think the U.S. government definitely killed JFK for sure. Yeah, I mean, I there's no doubt in my mind. Well, about to that me, one. that stuff is logical in some senses. Where it's like, do I think the government would attack its own people? No, not necessarily. But 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 if the, but if the wrong person was in power, could they? Well, sure. That yeah. stuff has historically happened in other countries. There's no reason why it couldn't happen here. If, well, I think about it the is, way a parent thinks about yeah. a child. Like, would you tell your kids some weird story to keep them from putting their fucking Put a knife in a light socket. I have, you know right? I mean? For sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, have, well, yeah. like, so how far will you take that out? Like yep. a little yep. minor attack that doesn't necessarily kill anybody, but and you fuck can, some shit up. And you can morally justify things. It's that greater good mentality, which I don't think is necessarily wrong all the time. Where it's like, okay, so what if there's a scenario where fucking Des Moines, <laughs> just to pick a random city, I like Des Moines, but let's say Des Moines has to go. <laughs> this just in, Dan Cummins planning a terrorist attack yeah, in Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa. Des Moines, Idaho. This Saturday, tickets <laughs> available. Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. So, but it's has, fine. So what, half a million metro, whatever that is, maybe it's a mil, I don't know. What, like, like that area. In order to attack this other country who if we don't attack them preemptively we have very strong reason to believe they will launch certain weapons that will destroy cities that will kill 20 million people and so if you really truly believe that if you can get if you can sacrifice 1 million people to save 20 million other people you know is it wrong it's like that justification is how we did Hiroshima and Nagasaki these are civilians yeah, because the, you know? the Japanese emperor wanted to surrender, but he didn't want to do an unconditional surrender. They wanted to maintain their military, maintain their sovereignty entirety. And we told him no. We dropped two bombs on him. Like, there's a, there, I, I don't remember if it's Burns or who it is. Somebody's got a great documentary on this, but basically, the, the emperor of J- Japan was willing to surrender. Yeah, Hirohito? Or? Yeah, yeah, Hirohito, yeah. He was like, hey, we're done fighting. And they're like, eh. Give us everything, or we're going to blow up two of your cities, basically. Wow. He didn't tell him that, but he was like, hey, we need everything. We need unconditional surrender. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Boom, boom. Then he surrendered. Hey, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that, actually. Yep. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It, yeah, it's fa- You know, it's like, I'm always fascinated by tough choices like that, where it's like, what kills me is when, like, the whole snowflake kind of, you know, outrage mentality that a lot of people have now, it's like, oh my God, how could they do that? Or, like, I, I got heat for doing an Andrew Jackson episode because I, I, they didn't think I went hard enough on him for being a slave owner. I'm like, motherfucker, it was 1810. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Everyone. Do you, has, everyone. Yeah, it was, it's like, you don't owner, get to yeah. pull people out of context. But, like, um, you know, those tough choices, it's so easy to be like, oh, my God, how could they do that or whatever? That kills me now with, like, uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of law enforcement. I, I, I think, yeah, there's, has there been a few bad apples? Of course. Yeah. The overwhelming bulk of those people are doing a fucking amazing, heroic job yeah, to I keep us safe. Yeah, there's three million cops. Right. Like that. So yeah. if they were all fucked up, we'd probably know. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! The yeah. overwhelming, <laughs> amazing. But it's like when people go hard on them, where it's like, oh my god, they shot and killed this guy. For the, and then you read the story, and it's like the dude was fucking high on drugs, had a weapon, was come, and you're mad because they didn't shoot him in the shoulder. It's like you fucking get a gun and go out there when someone's trying to kill you. Yeah. And see how cool and calm and collected you are and how, you know, neat and tidy you make everything. People are so fucking stupid when it comes to that stuff. That armchair quarterback mentality of, oh, how could they they do this? They did it to try to save lives. Yeah. They did it for looking at the greater good. They were able to make a choice that no part of you could make because you're a fucking weak, sad human being who would fucking crumble. You'd be crying in the corner of the control room. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of getting hard right now because of this rant. I got to be honest. <laughs> but it's the truth, man. I have so, I have so much respect to that because I know that I, like, I'm not that tough. Like, what I'm aware, 
to have like like I'm aware of being thankful that there are people who are. That's why I'm like very like pro military and that kind of stuff too. Because it's like, man, that's fucking bad. That's a tough job. And when and when then little like uh, people who have never served or anything like that sitting like back and critique and nitpick. It, it makes me mad like it makes me mad when I used to watch like armchair quarterbacks. Yeah. Like it cracks me up. I was like, let me get this. You're, you actually think. You're so worked up. You think you could do better than this dude. You couldn't make JV in high school. <laughs> Is that why you hate Jeff Van Gundy so much? Hate him. Can't stand him. Uh, oh, why do you hate Jeff Van Gundy? Because uh, he, did, he, didn't have the, he didn't have the... He's he never play. done anything, but... Never done anything. He's just I think it's funny. He's just a guy who just kind of sits there, never won a championship. You know, he, you he know what you should have done. And, yeah, <laughs> just critiques this, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you haven't won right. a fucking championship, bro. Yeah. Like, get off my lawn with that stupid shit. He was with the Knicks, though, so fairness. Ah, who cares? The it, Knicks have the finals. The Knicks haven't won an NBA championship since the seventies when fucking Phil Jackson. And they're not was there. going to anytime no, soon. Not. Anthony. <laughs> not. I can promise you that <laughs> they had a chance of getting Zion, but that fell through. So it's just over now. Uh, it's over. It's, it's over. over. But back. But back to your your yeah. police officers, Rand. I, uh, I I feel the same way, um, and, and so much so that like. If I do something now, like I fuck, I didn't have a license plate. Maybe I don't know four months ago or whatever. Yeah, because I'm, you know, we, we travel a lot, right? Sure, so yeah. The license plate, I'd gotten a new car. It was just sitting on my desk, and you just forgot to put it on. Yeah, yeah. And then the next time I was like the court date because yeah. I was like, oh, you can get it taken care of. Like, and I, I, we were going again for the AFC Championship, and I was like, there's nothing I can do here. Right. I'm I'm more in the habit now because I know how like hard the cops work, and they have like real yeah. shit to deal with. Where I just go, I did it. Just, you know what? I do the same just, thing, can man. You just write me a ticket, man, and I'm yep. sorry. I'm sorry I fucked up your day, and I'm yep. gonna, I'm going to move on with mine. I'll pay the fine, and that's it. I'm, yeah, me, me, me too. When I get if I get pulled over, I'm totally honest, and I think about this all the time too. Like uh, I think about from their perspective, they don't know me. So I keep my hands very visible. Yeah, I move real slow. I'm super fucking polite. A lot of sirs. Do you ever confess to shit that they don't already know about? Like, how paranoid are you about them finding shit out? I, I will That's say funny. this. I don't know that I've done that. Sometimes, That's funny. Sometimes, like, if you've had a drink or two, you know, you're like, like I've had a couple of drinks. Well, no, but you'll go into <laughs> a like, backstory. Oh, you'll go into a backstory that doesn't exist where yes. you're just like, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, where are you speeding to? You know? Because you, you get that, yeah. where, where are you speeding to? Is there a fire? And it's like, nah, you know, I'm a two-year-old just came back from the dentist and uh, got to get yeah. home to give him his meds. And it's like. Two-year-old doesn't go to the fucking dentist. They're not even near that age, bro. Yeah. And you're, you start making up a thing. And it's like, yeah, he's got a real tricky molar that's coming in in the back. And uh, not real sure when they're going to have to amputate. And you know, like hilarious stories that have nothing to. And I'm just I give too much information. Yeah, yeah, yeah like nervous like, and overshare. And I've had like one Smirnoff, you know, I got right. iced by somebody or whatever. One and I'm like, Smirnoff. Wow. Fucking somebody in one Zima. Yeah. In one Zima that you've been holding on to since 1998. It's funny that you say that because he's kind of got a whole reputation with Zima. Oh yeah, a song. I Big believe Zima guy. Yeah. You could bring. You should Zima bring Zima back from the dead. He made man. A, did. He did. Yeah, he made a music video about Zima. And but like, but it like, get it sold dead. again. It was. Like, it was. What? Yeah, for like six ago. months. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they sold it for two summers, and like yeah. I did a rap video, yep. and they brought it back for another. That's amazing. I got to talk to him the whole shit, and it was Miller Coors who did it, and. So it doesn't exist now, but what I did was, since I knew the people, like I, yeah. I started chatting with this lady at the company, I was like, hey, is this coming back? She goes, no. And uh, huge fan of Zima. So she <laughs> goes, you should buy up whatever it is. And yeah. so I have a, a separate fridge in my house that is stock full of Zima. How long it looks it like that Snoop Dogg uh, video where he opens it up and there's all like right, 40s. Right, yes, yes, yes. Mine's all Zimas in there. And it was just like. Just special occasions? That, that's it. So like. 
you know, and there was somebody funerals over, mostly. Funerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funeral. There was no, no. This is a terrible story, and I'll tell it. But uh, Memorial Day, we had somebody over for a barbecue. These other families or whatever. Yeah, and I was drinking a Zima, and then my my buddy's husband. She was just like, "Oh my god, is that is that, is that a Zima?" Whatever. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah," and he goes, "God, I'd love one of those." And I was like, "Wouldn't we?" But they're gone. And then she goes, "I think I see one in the fridge." Over oh there. no! And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's my last one though." So you can't really. <laughs> Just denying a guest to Zima. The fucking Zima. I think you're probably weighing in your head like, how important is this friend? I don't really know him, so fucking yeah, who cares? All of it went through yeah. my mind of like, hey man, has he ever given me anything? What a life oh. accomplishment to be like to bring Zima back. But I, and, and you in know, fairness, I didn't bring it back, but I, I felt I, I felt that, that video, the, the music, the rap video, kept it around another summer. Dude, that's amazing. So I felt I felt that I at least contributed to society in that way. And I think when we were like when I was ranting earlier about like, you know, getting pissed about the armchair quarterback, I bet you get mad and you guys get mad at that stuff too, both of you, where it's like you guys are content creators. Mm-hmm. And I'm and then you well, you were talking about digging into the comments earlier and be like, fucking yeah. shut up, man. And and it's like I've always hated that that personality that doesn't create anything. Doesn't like wasn't the football player, wasn't the fucking doesn't yeah. the, the author, the movie, the fucking podcaster, and that stuff. Wasn't in the military, didn't do that stuff. But criticizes all of that. Yeah, it's like to me, it's like if you're not putting anything out there yourself to be criticized, I do not give a fuck about your criticism. Yeah, it's I- worthless to me because. Same. You don't fucking understand how how hard it is or, or what the process is for any of this. So why should I value your opinion? Or what, what we get on podcasts, too, is like when people say, I don't like you on a podcast or I don't like this podcast or whatever. It's right. Like, hey, man, it's free. I'm not asking you to thing buy too. anything whatsoever. Yeah. Like, and you don't have to listen. It's a, yeah. it's a free show yeah. that I'm choosing to do out of my day. And then, you know, uh, hopefully right. we get sponsors to pay for, yeah. Yeah. for all the people that work for us. And Which, all again, costs the people listening nothing. 100%. And yep. so like that and uh, or videos, sketches where they're like, no, I mean, this sketch sucked. And it was like, cool, man. Again, totally free. Made yeah. this on my own yeah. will. And then you, I put it up Dude, and now you hate I it. like haters, honestly. They entertain because you? Because I'm personally a hater. Just so, in general. Like it's not, I don't hate on other people's work ever. Okay. But on, I do absorb misery. Yes. It's like, like it fuels uh, you, you know. Yeah. You so know, the only so do you know Green Lantern where they get their fucking power yeah, yeah, from yes. from Will and then <laughs> right the yeah. other one is fear. Yeah. I just get my power from fear. Apparently. And it just makes you better at what you do. It does. We sharpened like, you. So we went to the whiteout game uh, at Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State game last year. It was a whiteout game. They were up by what seventeen points they were in the fourth quarter. And Ohio State came back, scored two touchdowns at the very end. Yeah, one hundred ten thousand people because they they were celebrating. They it's one twelve. They had won. Yeah, yeah. one hundred twelve thousand wow. people, yep. and they thought that they had won. They were celebrating. There was oh. an older couple there that were making out, oh uh, and they were like, "Oh, this is the greatest." They were playing like Sweet Caroline, like they were all celebrating. Yeah. Yep. and then they lost. And I turned to him, and he went to Penn State. I went yes. to Ohio State. I turned to him, and he you just turned goes, it, and he's literally jerking off. No, he literally just, just goes like this. Yes, he goes. <sighs> Nothing has made me happier in my entire. I'll life. tell you why because I don't respect people who put that much of their fucking hopes and dreams into some bullshit they can't control. Oh, I like yeah. to control things. Yeah, like I'm not gonna worry about some like gravity exists, motherfucker. I'm right. not gonna jump out of this window because I know gravity exists. Yeah, I'm not gonna go fucking try to play professional basketball because I am white and six foot tall and I can't dunk. Right. So it's just I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do those stupid things. I'm not. I'm, what I'm not gonna do for sure is sit at home and worry about not being able to do these things that I'm clearly not capable of doing, right. or controlling <laughs> these things that I'm clearly not capable of controlling. Right. It's fucking stupid to me. Yeah. So look, I enjoy sports. We go to sports games all the time, and I do get involved in the games. Yeah, but you're not gonna 
like weep and sob no, man. It's on like the, the sideline if your team doesn't win. Those people who were crying when Trump got elected and like shouting and throwing stuff, I'm like, it's not that big a deal. He's <laughs> yeah, depressed. Yeah, 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 like yeah. if a guy who's never done it before but can yeah. come in and not blow the whole country up, how big of a fucking deal could it possibly be? Right, right. There's a system of checks and balances. Like if you it's, took yeah. Steph Curry off the Warriors and put me on the Warriors, they would lose every single game. <laughs> <laughs> but if you take Obama out of the out of the White House and put right. Trump in, it's like. I don't know. Some stuff changed, but not really. Right? It's not going to be a dystopian like, no. nightmare. No. no. How yeah. fucking bad could it yeah. possibly get? Just relax. Everybody relax. That's why I like mushrooms. They make me relax. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I smoke weed all day. There is something we said that just that, that whole like just relaxing. Like I am. I, I've been making fun of that in my new. Like I'm recording a new special in October. Like for stand up, and uh, and the little segment is just about how how weak we've become as a society. Where it's like, oh, yeah. like there's people starving in parts, and we're over here like, you know, uh, I, I read an. <laughs> I read an article yesterday. I, I skimmed through it. I've been trying to. I wish I could change which articles pop up on my phone because I don't know how I got the the feed I do, but I hate it. Yeah. But then sometimes I still will look and, be, and just get angry again. And it was some slate. I don't even know who fucking makes slate, but I know that I hate. I don't. Even, I know there's like slate, Axios, Buzz. Oh yeah. Like I hate all those. Oh, fucking I fucking hate things. them. Yeah. And but then I'll read. And, and there was this one slate thing where it was uh, Biden. And listen, I'm not being. I don't know anything about his platform. I don't. Uh, but. He was at a fucking, I don't know, some kind of rally of some kind, and some guy came with his young son and daughter and said something to the daughter about like, oh, man, what a beautiful girl, and then said to the brother, you got to protect her because guys are going to be after her. Like, that was it. Yeah. And this lady wrote a fucking scathing thing about Biden still telling the same tired joke for two years or whatever, basically accuses him of being a pedophile. Because clearly he wants to fuck this little girl because he's recognizing that she's attractive. He's like a seventy-four-year-old man. That's how they talk to children, right? Exactly. Seventy-eight. That's how my, that's how so, my yeah. grandpa. Is he seventy-eight. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, he's old as shit. But my grandpa says the same things, and there's no part of that that comes from a place of like, no. so, oh, I want to fuck this kid. It's just like, yeah, you just know how the world works. You know that um, traditionally. Fucking for the all of human history, men have chased women. Men are going to be after that little girl, and it's just a way of saying like, "Up, oh, she's cute, man, Dad. You're going to have your hands full." Like, and then this lady made it into this thing of like, "That is, she, she's putting this girl in a cage, and, and oh, so I guess the dad and the son are supposed to be the guardians of her sexuality because she's not her own person, and all this." And I wanted to find that author and just send her to a fucking island of one. And just be like, just live by yourself on this fucking, where no one can do anything that upsets you. You fucking outrage, Salem witch trial, fucking persecution lunatic. It's the outrage Olympics. Yeah, it, it is, all the time. man. They want to be so is. angry yeah. over go, nothing. So here's what I, and here's what I do. Oh, like when I read an article crazy. like that that I hate, yeah. I go and seek them out on Twitter. Oh. And then I'll say, why the fuck, just ask him a, a yeah. question. Why, why the fuck did you write this with this particular slant? Right. Just because just I'm curious. Job. I'm hoping once I would just get an honest answer of like, Hey man, it's clickbait. I didn't have a fucking choice. Because that's probably what <laughs> probably. it is at the end of the day, where you're like, yeah. "Hey man, I ah. really didn't have a choice." My editor, I, I got to keep a job same as you, bro. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like Biden. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, <laughs> fucking, you know, railing against old white men. Just it's been getting a lot of views lately. That's my thing, brother. Sorry if I offended you. You know, just right. DM me. You don't have to put it in the posts. Like, yeah, I'll be like, all right, cool. You know what? That that instant rage I felt for a couple minutes now right. I don't feel so bad because you were honest about it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, We'll see. Uh, now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week. This is somebody that has inspired you or maybe helped you in your career uh, or, or in your current day life to get you to where you are. Who would you like to give it the drinking bro of the week to? You know, can, I, can it be a tie with two guys that work, that work together? 
Uh, I, I would give a, a, a shout out to uh, Tom and Dan from a mediocre time with Tom and Dan podcast because they were the guys that initially told me to go for it with uh, Time Suck and, and give me all the connections to like get the website built, answered all my questions on what equipment to get, how to get going, the first interview to like help me promote it, all of that. And they have done nothing but been super helpful with any questions I've ever had the whole time. So like they're like uh, I, I needed that little push. Yeah. And if and if they wouldn't have given me that little push, I don't know that I would have gone for it. That's awesome. Yeah, good dudes. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because again, look, the time suck is is my favorite podcast out there. Oh man, it's that's so nice. Um, so if you're listening, you guys listen to a lot. All your five point two million. Like I know it's probably weird of like, oh hey, we have a podcast. Go listen to this other podcast. But it's so good and so intricate that it's like, man, I I, I love the success you've had. I love the fucking viewers uh, and all that stuff because there's so much hard work that goes into your show where it's like. We're a couple of talking monkeys, you know, talking about uh, politics and fucked up shit and, you know, reverse cowboy uh, every day. Uh, Strangulation we talk about a lot. Yours is informative. It's knowledgeable. And it's like as crazy as it is, like you can literally give that to kids and you're actually, you know, kids, you know, maybe 13 or 14. Yeah, 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 sure. But you're learning shit about the past that is all factual and real and has been fact checked and all this other shit. With a great comedy slant on it, and uh, you're one of the funniest dudes on the planet. Oh, that's nice. Where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, they can just go to at Dan Cummins Comedy on Instagram okay. uh, and Facebook, and then Time Suck Podcast on all the social media platforms. And uh, yeah, man, it's fun. You know, it's like uh, I do believe knowledge is power. Like I don't know. Like uh, I think that the more you can learn about the world in like a real way and just educate yourself, whether it's relationships, your job, anything, you're just going to be better off. So that's like it's a fun motivation to try and like put out as much. Knowledge, history is important, all that stuff, because, you know, it applies to today. And it, yeah, and I make, yes. make it fun. It's not boring lessons. It's like, because yeah. I couldn't pay attention to that if I was, but I do think the more you learn, and we get a lot of emails about that now, you're going to do just better in life in general, you know, you're going to be manipulated less, succeed more, and that makes me feel good. Absolutely. So check out The Time Suck, one of the highest rated podcasts on iTunes. Dan, much continued success. Uh, love Thanks, your stand-up Ross and comedy. Dan. Thank you, guys. Love your show. Thanks for being here, man. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, Dan Cummins, I am Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros. Good night, everyone. <laughs>